dot what? Now we're recording. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm sorry. We're back. We just did the shots. We haven't. We didn't. We didn't mess up like early on. <laughs> I caught it this time. We haven't had a recording error in a while. Yeah, since episode. <laughs> One uh, and two, I think. And three or something. I know that we had one. I remember the one we redid like the first half an hour like yeah. three times. <laughs> yeah. Telling the story. That's the, okay. I'm glad that it was just that. That's fine. Telling the story the third time definitely lacked a little yeah. emphasis. So anyways, <laughs> so there I am. Telling the story for the third yeah. time. Yeah. Um. So we are down to about three scoops left of the mud gum. Yeah. And what I was thinking is. Is that we get some kind of explosive, and like a really shiny bottle one? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Like an explosive, like an M80 or something. Oh, <laughs> and then we just a dynamite. Stick. Yes, yeah. and we blow the fucking container like yeah. to smithereens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking down. Yeah, like an AK or something. Whatever. Yeah. Something. Ba- do we got a couple pairs of bats? Like we do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you beat the fuck out of it. <laughs> and then it, put it in the fire pit. It needs to pay for its crimes. <laughs> well, I was, I'm not going to put it in the fire pit because of the fumes. I think. No, no, no. Can you hand me a piece of paper towel off the basket? Um, yeah. So I, I, I we had. We can just keep that on the table. <laughs> we'll just move the whole basement onto the table. So I had to do my lawn, which I was already telling you about on Saturday. Yeah. Um. So it was the final like mow and then leaf collection of the year. Yeah. I'm gonna do my best, Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> Um, so anyways, they, they had a, uh, I, I, I mowed it and did the leaf, leaf collection. My neighbor was out doing his mowing and leaf collection at the same time. It was kind of like the, if you're a homeowner, yeah, I was going to shorten up to homo, but whatever. <laughs> if you're a homo and, uh, and you were watching the weather Saturday was the day <laughs> to, uh, do all that stuff to, to do it. Yeah. Because uh, it was going to snow on Sunday. Yeah. So that's basically like the... Yeah, and Saturday was fucking gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, it was a little chilly, but it wasn't too bad. Uh, but it's basically the like, if, you, if you're if you actually going to do this, right? Yeah. Like you're not lying to yourself, then you, this is the time to do it. So there's a bunch of people kind of out in the neighborhood, you know... All doing the same thing. Doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But it's funny because uh, my neighbor, like obviously we share the fence line... But it's impossible to like blow the leaves off of my lawn along that fence line without blowing them, without blowing some of them into his yard. Yeah. Unless I like go into his yard and blow it from his side. Yeah. Over, which usually is what I do because he's not home at the time that I'm doing it. And I'll just like walk down the fence line in his backyard and blow the leaves into my yard and then go from there. But because he was back there, it was this really (laughs) weird thing of like, like we didn't talk to each other the entire time. Really? Yeah, we both had on headphones. Okay. And uh, you know, we did the like obligatory like Yeah. Hey, hey. acknowledgement. Yeah. Cause it'd be extra weird if you didn't. Yeah. Um <laughs> But I thought it would have been weird if I like just like cruised next to him, like, excuse me, as yeah. I'm like in his yard, like blowing the fence line. Yeah. So I uh so I was like really like diligently trying not to blow it all in his yard and whatever. Um He didn't just like rake him away or something. No. No, I'm not going to get out the rake. Like, I didn't care that much. Okay. Um, 
But I, I just thought it was funny because he was like a half a step ahead of me the whole time. Like he got out there a little bit earlier than I did. Yeah. And then his lawn is significantly smaller than mine. Yeah. So like he's like mowing and, I, and I'm mowing. And then like he's out there with his weed whacker. And then like <laughs> I got out there with my weed whacker. But while I'm out there with my weed whacker, like he's out there with his blower. Yeah. And then like I'm out there with my blower. And uh, I was hustling because it gets dark fast. Yeah. So I got up, ate breakfast, hung out with the missus for a bit. One of her friends came over, we hung out for a minute, and I was like, I got to get on the lawn or I'm not going to get it done before it gets dark. Yeah. So I'm like hustling around and like I'm so competitive <laughs> because he was like a little bit ahead of me, like in my head. Uh, I'm just thinking like, well, yeah, but your lawn's smaller and, uh, <laughs> you know, this other, this, other, <laughs> this other stuff. And uh, I was totally just like breaking down like why he was at a competitive advantage <laughs> For like getting his yard done faster than mine, which I thought was just like really, really funny as to how like my inner, my inner workings are. Yeah. And I was just thinking like, yeah, but you know how much more edging I have to do than yeah. you? And like, <laughs> oh, it was so funny. Did you end up finishing before him? No, no. If you did, what do you cheered and started yelling at him? No. That you're number one. No. Um, I probably would have thrown a crotch chop or something. <laughs> Maybe not when he was looking. Yeah. Um, but it did it did definitely force me to get it done before dark. Yeah. Because um like I was I was hustling. Like I actually yeah. picked up a jog with <laughs> the lawnmower a few times. So <laughs> it uh, it definitely pushed me and I got I don't know if it's safe to run with a lawnmower, but it, it is what it you're is. You're still here. I'm out there risking it. Yeah. Um but yeah, I, I got done with the with the yard probably like with a half an hour to spare before it was dark. Because it's dark at like four thirty or something, five o'clock. Yeah. Three o'clock. I don't know. Yeah. All I know is at one point in time this weekend, it was dark and I was like, fuck, it's got to be like 11 o'clock. And it was six. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was like 545, like just before. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I just, yeah. I hate it so much. And then with the time change and everything, which is just like extra. Ugh. 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 Like, dude, it's I'm ready. I'm ready for it to stop doing this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I cleaned up. Uh, I put a bunch of stuff in the fire pit, all the like sticks and stuff from the yard. Which yeah. this is the first time I mowed the lawn since I had the fire pit. Nice. Um, because I had gotten the lawn aerated and seeded. Yeah. And so I didn't want to like fuck with it. Like I'm not a lawn guy. I'm just gonna get into it, right? There's yeah. plenty of stuff that I care about and know about. I'm starting to care about my lawn, but I don't know about it. Yeah. So I was like worried that like. If I mowed the lawn, I mean, yeah, if I mowed the lawn too close to, like, it getting seeded, like, did the seeds get in and then, like, start germinating? If I come by with the lawnmowers, I can, like, fuck them up. Yeah. So I just tried to give it, like, as much time as I could. And my lawn wasn't really growing. I mean, let's get serious. The last month, it hasn't really right. grown very much. Yeah. Um. So, I, yeah, so I did the mowing. Um. It turned out nice. My lawn's looking significantly better than You're it was You're on your way to year. becoming our neighbor, Pat. No. In Villa Rosa. Dude was <laughs> that dude was out there again, oh. dude. Like, I, I, uh, I think it was like early Saturday morning, and yeah. that's when I was like, I've got to do it, because yeah. like I looked out front and I'm like looking, you know, in the neighborhood or whatever. And there's like a couple guys out there, and I looked over and he's over there, and like his lawn is literally like there's not one leaf on it. Yeah, he's out there like carrying around a paper yeah. like yard bag and literally like hand picking off like the last few really? things on his lawn while his wife's like carrying in groceries. That's hilarious. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's a there's a neighbor. His name is Pat. I hope he's still there because he has like a really good vegetable garden. But he had like the perfect lawn on the block, yeah. probably in the whole subdivision. Yeah, and he was one of the early investors in electric everything too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have four. Yeah, we have. Uh, it's funny how it spreads. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I have like two definitely next to each other mm-hmm. that are either in cahoots or in competition. <laughs> yeah. I can't figure it out. But <laughs> same difference. Yeah, yeah. but they are. Uh, it's two lawns next to each other that are like rugs. They are really, yeah. really nice. Um, but both of those guys are like old dudes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think it's like in retirement, they're like yeah. doing the they're lawn. competitive. And yeah. yeah. And then I have one other lawn like on the... So that one's on, this, on Key West. Okay. And then on Redwood, because I live on the corner. On yeah. Redwood over there, then there's that guy with yeah. the orange door that's just like every day. He yeah. does something with his lawn. Uh, I think his situation is he just hates his wife. So that's like his ability to like, I'm just going to go outside and work on the lawn. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I have no data on that, but that's yeah. my backstory. Yeah. Um, As we know, and if you don't know, he comes up with all sorts of backstories backstory. out of nowhere too. Yeah. Just out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. The other one, I think they're swingers. Yeah. <laughs> that's my, that's <laughs> my thing is, yeah. that, is that they're swingers. Could be. And uh, yeah, they, whatever. Um, and then there's one like kind of, if you cut through the sub somehow, there's like one, I don't even remember exactly where it is, but I remember driving by and been like, damn, that lawn is sweet. Yeah. Um, and then besides that, the rest of the lawns are like fine, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but that guy for sure. Like, I don't know if I want to go over and like ask him for some advice <laughs> just to like ease the tension. I'm sure on his side, there's no tension, but on my side, there's tension. Cause I'm just like, dude, leave your fucking lawn alone. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, maybe next year I'll go over and ask him for some advice. Yeah. But yeah, my, uh, yeah, my lawn's done for the year, which is good. It's one less area of things that I have to do. Yeah. And next year, depending on how everything goes with the wedding and all that and home remodeling and everything, I want to get a new lawnmower. Yeah. Because my lawnmower is so narrow. It's what kills me. Like, mm-hmm. it's so many passes back and forth with that lawnmower. That's why it takes so long. Like, <laughs> my lawn's like a third of an acre or something. You know, it's nothing crazy, but it just takes a long time because like the bag is small, the mower is narrow. So you're like doing a shit ton of trips and you got to dump it all the time. Yeah. So I'm just going to get like a nice, nice, wider, good lawnmower. (laughs) Riding lawnmower? No, because then it would take up space in the garage. Yeah. I'm not going to build a shed for it. (laughs) I've thought about it, but (laughs) I think, uh, yeah, not for this house, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. I still wonder like if I'm going to build it like a tree house. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if I reproduce, mm-hmm. like, would I build a little treehouse in the back? Yeah. I don't think so. Why I don't think, because I don't think we're going to stay here that long. Yeah. You know, I think, like, by the time my hypothetical future offspring <laughs> are around and old enough to, like, be able to climb up into a treehouse, we'll probably live somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. At least that's the game plan. Like, where? I don't know. So the next, uh, the next house. I would like to do, um, you know, like a like a fixer upper mm-hmm. would be like the game plan. So then we would probably live in this house for a little bit while fixing up that house a bit, mm-hmm. and then move into that house, rent out this house, and then get that house up and squared up, and then probably go with like take home equity loans out of both of those, these houses, and then get like a, a house that we really want to stay in. Gotcha. And then rent out both of those houses. Okay. It's kind of the game plan. So the next house was probably one, we're like five years out. 
right. from that. I mean, it's not like around the corner. I'm right. like scrapping together money just yeah. to like try to finish this house <laughs> up. It's not like I'm like, where am I going to get my next house? Yeah. Um, but it's just going to depend on the market and where like I think realistically like I can get a good turnaround deal. Right. You know, um, because this house is going to be like in my possession till I die. Yeah. Um, and anything after this, I'm not really tied to. Right. You know, but like the remodel on this house, the way that I've gone through this house is just that like this house is going to be in my family forever. So, yeah. Yeah. So like the next house, it's not a huge thing. Like if I if I can get a good deal on a house that like just needs a full makeover that I feel confident that I can do in a short period of time that I can turn into a rental. And if I get done with it and then we decide like we just want to sell it, like I'll do that. Gotcha. Just, so that one will just depend on like an opportunity. It'll be the best opportunity that I can find. Yeah. But I don't really care where it is. Where we're going to settle, like where we're going to be like, okay, this is the house that we're going to get and build like, you know, the house that we want to like really be in. I don't know. We'll have to figure it out depending on what our family looks like and what realistically (laughs) I can get out of the negotiations, you know, Um, because Gabby has, you know, Gabby has different things that she wants from a house than I do. And I don't know where that would be, but. That's yeah. the plan. That's the plan. Yeah. Yeah. So That'd most importantly to all that plan is like making money. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I need to. Yeah. That know. was, that was going to be a question was like, if you're going to sell this or whatnot, or just rent it out. Cause I know it's a good source of just like passive income. And yeah. then all you got to do is just maintain it and everything. Fix the stuff that's broken. Like an, the one that always surprised me and admired was Johnny at yeah. Cruz. Yeah. yeah. They own like 13 houses. Yeah. Yeah. And he just made pizzas. Yeah. And he was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And he supports like a whole village back home. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so this house specifically, um, like I'm, I'm rebuilding like literally to the studs. Yeah. So when I get done, it'll basically be a new house in place. Yeah. Right. So the reason I'm doing it that way is because like the maintenance end of like house stuff or updating or anything like that will be zero. Yeah. So then the idea of like passive income will be reality yeah you know what i mean like passive like (laughs) you know the roof's good like everything's good and um and a ton of shit's just new yeah everything's like new yeah so you don't have open wires wiring everything just on the outside right or like (laughs) hey you know like we need this or we need that or whatever like the house will be all set up um very well for like all right this is it and it's all you know like everything's in good shape everything's set up like Mm -hmm. i don't have like old beat up this or old beat up that or whatever and i'll know like everything's good so then the only thing i'm dealing with is you know i i don't know like i guess like there are always like the risks of like legitimate shit happening right but for the most part i'm just trying to mitigate that because i don't want to a house on its own is a lot of responsibility yeah a marriage takes a lot of work yeah being a good parent is a is a big commitment and then having a career and trying to disc golf if possible you know like i I see the future coming in with like a whole like you know bunch of responsibilities i then don't need like my passive income to become a part-time job where i'm over here like what needs to be fixed again like (laughs) what circuit isn't working and you know all that so i'm just trying to trying to do that the other thing is um you know like someone else will get this house like if heaven forbid i die then like gabby i have the house and i don't want her to have to worry about like 
the condition of the house or like in the future, like if my kids take over the house, like same thing. I just don't want them to have to worry about like, you know, is this in good shape? Is that in good shape? It's like, no, everything's in good shape. Yeah. So, so that's that. And I just like the location of the house and how the house is set up and where it's at. Like, I just think it'll be sweet forever. Yeah. I can't imagine Troy like hitting the shitter and becoming a ghetto. Right. Like it just seems weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like it's a community yeah. that's like so wrapped up in community. You know what I mean? Because of the demographics of the people that live here, um, it doesn't seem like a city that'll like slide into being like beat up. Right. And then like my neighborhood will go to shit and my house will lose value. Right. Um, and then I neither one of my streets are through streets, and I live next to a park. Yeah. And I have like one of the only attached garages in the entire like neighborhood yeah that was something i just recently noticed too yeah i didn't notice it either until we went for a walk like not this year but last yeah maybe last year or the year before and we were walking around and i was like yeah like none of these garages are attached yeah we are like the only attached garage yeah um yeah so I, i think that that's cool and then basically the way that we are set up we're the only house set up like that in terms of like our yard and it being next to the park and all that yeah. Um, and kind of the idea of like the way I want to fence the backyard in and all that realistically for like, I think this house is like 1100 to 1200 square feet. It's like just under 12, I think mm-hmm. 1150. I don't know. I should know, but I don't. Yeah. Um, I think it'll just be like the nicest fucking house. Yeah. For I that. mean, it's a sweet spot. Yeah. I mean, corner homes are sweet. I mean, you got neighbors obviously, but you have one guy next to you. Yeah. That's it. Yeah versus everywhere else and that was always something cool like we lived in villa rosa on 25 and hayes for like the longest time this was the house that was like in cahoots between my parents for double digit years or whatever but we were on the back side of like just a giant farmland and it was so fucking sweet so you could like drive on the road that was like two miles away and then just see the home like in the backyard i always thought it was like the coolest thing as a kid like that's my house or whatever and then, uh, like, one of the elementary schools was, like, right down the road. But we could, like, go play in the cornfield. There was a sweet creek that um, me and my buddies and my sisters tried to build, like, this really shitty, like, fort in or whatever. I remember spending my mom's money trying to, like, build this thing, pretending like I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It was a lot of fun. But, yeah, it's a sweet spot here. Like, um because I know you're doing that with this home. And then Scott's parents are doing the same thing with his grandparents' home. Yeah. Hopefully it stays in the family, but I think they're just going to sell it. But it's like a really fucking sweet house. Yeah. Um, But theirs is kind of inverted from yours. Like on the outside, it looks like new and awesome. And it's a really cool thing. But on the inside, it's like from the 50s or something. Yeah. Like it's still the same thing. It's still got like a smell from the 40s or something. Um it's a sweet layout and everything cool corner house like if you were to buy it you'd have like a 50 foot 60 foot putting range from a couple different angles and everything yeah and like that's all i think when i go over there is like dude you could put from here there this that whatever yeah. it's pretty awesome yeah. like that's something i always look for <laughs> it's like where can i put because yeah. there's a house um like me and amanda will go kayaking on clinton river like there's a sweet drop in on like van dyke and hall road and then to get to dodge park it's like a two-hour like trip and then one of the homes that's there i don't even know exactly where it's at like actually other than on On the the river yeah um but their backyard is fucking awesome so they have like if you went from the house to like the furthest point you probably have like 150 feet or something maybe 200 and then you got 
like some hills and everything around it and then you also have a flat spot so like legitimately every time i would pass there it's like how fucking sweet it would be to be like someone living there and you have this as your backyard so you go out and put like whatever the hell you want yeah and you can go kayaking or whatever yeah it's pretty sweet yeah (laughs) yeah that'd be dope yeah yeah my uh, one thing with the house is like so my parents got divorced and your parents got divorced a lot of people's parents get divorced yeah um and for me like i know a lot of people that got divorced and then in the divorce situation there's always like a weird like housing issue Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and like after my parents got divorced um you know like my mom moved out into an apartment and then my dad like kept our like childhood home but i did not get along with my dad and then he just kind of like whatever going to that house was just like a zero for me yeah and uh where was that house at berkeley okay yeah pretty gritty streets of berkeley that's where i grew up um but yeah like going to that house was like a zero for me so i lived for quite a while with this feeling of like not having like a home to go to yeah you know what I mean? especially like when i was on the road doing horses and stuff i'm like all right like where am i gonna go next like how's you know what i mean and like part of the reason why i was on the road for like 10 years was because like i just didn't really feel like i had anywhere to go home to yeah um and that created some complications for me as a human. Yeah. Um, so with this house specifically, I just feel like I never want that to be a thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's like, a shitty thing. Yeah. yeah. So like for me, I just look at like I'm building, you know, this home base for like my family forever. Like yeah. there will always be this thing that like, you know, is a home to go home to. You know, right. I'm trying to make it in like a nice home that like will always be there. It'll yeah. always be like the cornerstone of everything else like if yeah. everything else goes sweet then sweet but if everything like somehow doesn't work out or falls apart like there's always this yeah you know um and that's kind of like a settling feeling for me it's like okay cool you know um no matter what right. happens like you know my kids are whatever gabby whoever it's like there will be a home you know what i mean that's like comfortable and homey to yeah. like to like have in life yeah totally um, so yeah that's important to me because i hated that and uh, not to get all chick flick on you, but there's yeah. a Lana Del Rey song um, that the music video ride at the beginning of it. She like reads this little poem or whatever that starts the music video before it, and she she like goes through this poem and it's like first time I ever heard it like really hit me because she talks about that. Really? Yeah, she's just like you know like there's no sense in like talking to people that have a home because they don't understand like what it's like to not yeah. have a home you know yeah like, it, it, that falls into the like i can only imagine and that's like the toughest thing like even if i'm on the side of like i can only imagine it's sort of like yeah it sucks because like even if you think like you're getting it all the way like imaginary wise you're still like at most 99 percent. yeah you'll never get like 100 unless you like experience it yeah 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 <laughs> so anyways yeah um yeah so did you uh did you get out and throw this week no i didn't throw anything besides like in the basement yeah and then saturday happened and then that was like the nice day where it's like okay i can go out and do some like other chores that just kind of really suck in the cold or impossible yeah and my car being one of them um it's funny because like we own the property but somebody put up like a stick because my car has just been sitting there because like normally i'm driving with amanda we just take her car or i use the the big red jeep because it's available and whatever so my car just sits and sits and sits 
And then I found out that there was a leak in it when we had to move it and everything. And uh, I was like, okay, that makes sense why, like, the windows sometimes fog up. There's water, like, that's accumulated on the driver's side because the drainage that normally goes through the post, like, out the door is just, like, going into the car. And it's always had this problem, but it's, like, really bad now. Yeah. Um, and it super sucks. So I really want to just, like, silicone off that thing just so it isn't a problem. Flex seal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> I tore down... Uh, the really crappy shelving that was in the garage put that all aside put up like um got one of those prefab ones from home depot that i love yeah and then i don't just set up some other stuff like i got like a base set up like i know we were talking about it before in the basement but now it's like basically done i still need to finish rewiring the stereo that i got from you yeah um but i was down there just like jamming out to some shit realized like the difference between yours like this system and what that is and i was just yeah. laughing because like i was able to see it like immediately yeah um and then i started getting audio files like on youtube for like recommended i was like of course i'm getting audio file shit like right. how to build this for like be an audio file for 500 dollars or whatever yeah <laughs> like i'm not even gonna indulge like because i'll just i'll go down a weird rabbit hole with it for sure because yeah. like eventually like i was telling you i've always wanted to do it and i was talking to you so thanks again for that setup but my dad has always had it with him yeah. like my dad works in music like he doesn't work in music but he works surrounded by music yeah um which i've always found like fascinating because like he's able to do like all these really complex things and then he doesn't listen to just like instrumental stuff like for me i'd have to listen to instrumental stuff and that's all i can listen to when doing stuff otherwise I start like singing to the song and doing this and that and whatever. Yeah. And what I'm like having to do, I can't do those two things. Where my dad just can't. He can rip through a ton of shit. Um, but he's always had like a pretty sweet setup, and I think his setups is still like really good receiver. Yeah. And then everything else is like nostalgic type purposes. Yeah. Which is sweet. Yeah. There's yeah. there's different. It's just like disc golf. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's different, and I appreciate different setups i mean yeah. it's the same, it's literally the same thing like all these different bags and all these different things like yeah. i love going and playing with the deluxe mini right and right. i love going and playing with like the prodiscus bag and yeah all these different it just has a different feel to it yeah and so like different setups like i love this setup the best because obviously like it's the best quality of sound and like i can truly like listen to it and be like yeah this is fucking crazy yeah like uh, sitting down here and like i'm gonna i'm gonna do it again at some point but sitting like in the middle like how you had it yeah. set up with like how you're supposed to listen to it yeah just listening to songs that like no matter what always give me like the chills or whatever yeah was like extra crazy down here because i'm like down here and i just have goosebumps the whole time yeah because it's like i'm at like a concert like literally yeah yeah so for me being sober it's the closest to drugs that there is in my life yeah like legitimately right like i can you know when it's set up and everything like yeah i can dial through some music and it's like very 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 similar to me to like getting high yeah like being on drugs without, yeah. yeah like i'm just sitting there like whoa yeah. you know and <laughs> yeah. uh and it, and it can take me through some stuff and like really emotionally right. impact me and do all that yeah um yeah but like so i moved the setup out of the bedroom into the living room because oh, like okay, this setup's okay. down here and Gabby had some friends over on Saturday and she was like, well, like we don't have anything to listen to music on. Yeah. And I was like, well, I can move this setup from the bedroom out to here. It'll take like 20 minutes. Right. Um, and plus I just wanted to clean behind that setup because it's been in place for 
three years, four years, and like cat hair and whatever. So I was like, well, I'll just take it apart and then, yeah. you know, leave the cable box and shit in the bedroom and then bring that stereo system out. Right. Um, so I brought it out, hooked it up in the living room, and, and I was just like thinking like, oh, yeah, this is a, like, it's a good setup. You know what I mean? Like if it was somebody else's setup for, you know, it's bookshelf speakers, mm-hmm. right? So like the, the fronts are like, you know, maybe this tall. Mm-hmm. And then the rears are like maybe like this tall, and it's a Polk audio setup. It's like good. Okay. Um. So, I don't know how much the whole setup would be. It might be, it might be a thousand dollars. Okay. I think the whole setup, um, like receiver and the five speakers, is probably like about a thousand dollars or something. It's the same receiver I gave you. Okay. So I bought two. This like I got one. I was like, sweet, this works because yeah. I told you it's like the one that caps out at five point one surround sound. Gotcha. So it doesn't have the like, oh, you can do 7.1 because I'm never going to do 7.1 right. for that. So I just wanted the 5.1. So, um, but it does a good job. So I hooked it up and it was funny. Like we were listening to it. And then as Gabby got intoxicated, like she started like <laughs> jamming it. And I'm thinking like this system, you can't blow. You're never going to blow a speaker. Yeah. Because these speakers can take so much fucking power. Yeah. Um, one, just by the way they're set up, it just, it takes a lot of power to drive them because mm-hmm. like the actual speakers themselves are heavy and they have like big ass magnets on the back. So like it takes power. Yeah. Um, and there's no way like the receiver itself will cut off for safety before the speakers will do anything mm, okay. because these speakers could literally take like an insane amount of power. Yeah. So you're totally safe here. Yeah. So I never monitor them. The only thing like to me is like when they get it. So it's the same as anything else. Like the quality of signal in dictates the quality of signal out. Right. So when you're listening to like a shitty YouTube video that's then linked to the receiver through Bluetooth Mm -hmm. and then put out through the system, when you move that up to high volumes, like I just hear the shitty signal going in. And then like to me, it's like, ah, like, yeah. It'd be like if, if you had a race car and someone just like nailed it in first gear. Yeah. Like all the way up and they're like, and you're like, dude, take it easy. And you're like, I yeah. thought this is a race car. And yeah. you're like, it is, but you got to shift to second. You know what I mean? You can't. Yeah. Do, um, and then it'll like cut itself off because as the signal, as the speakers, like as they start white waving out of balance, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll send a signal and it'll cut off. Gotcha. So it would cut off upstairs when they would like jam it, not because of like overpowering anything, but just because like the signal gets shitty and once the the speakers actually feed back once they start coming out of balance. And it's because the signal's real shitty. Right. Um so it's safe, so I never worried about it. But with that system in the living room, like one I know it's bookshelf speakers, so it's not made to like try to break a window with. Right. Um and as she was doing it, I was trying to tell her, I was like, like you can actually damage this setup. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there is a point of like when it starts to sound shitty, like you could damage it. And yeah. she, didn't, she didn't really understand what I was getting at, but I wanted to be like, Stop yeah, it. like <laughs> if it starts to sound goofy, like if it starts to sound out of balance, like it's maybe not good. turn it down a little bit. Yeah. Don't just leave it sounding goofy. Yeah. yeah. But I, I was actually like really happy and impressed with like how nice it sounded. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like for the setup that it is, it's really nice. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. But then I still like at some point in the night, like just came down here. I was like. I just want to hear one song, you yeah. know? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I was taught, like, the people that were over, obviously, because we have moved forward in the uh, remodel and stuff, and then Gabby was talking to them. Um, they were asking me questions or whatever, and Gabby doesn't like the idea of the the slab room being a home theater. Really? She, yeah, she just does not like it. Why? Um, I don't know. And it's something about, 
Like, she she doesn't have a game plan for that room. It's not like she's like, I don't want it to be a home theater because I want it to be X. She just doesn't want it to be a home theater. Really? Yeah, because she thinks that it's super awkward for the space, which it is. There's no way around it. It is. Um, But for me, like, I don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, And Like, so she was, like, in in conversation before. She's like, well, no, like, when you go to rent the house out, like, no one else would want to put a home theater in that room. And my point is, like, that's fine. It'll just be, like, a neutral room, right, with, like, electrical plugs and recessed lighting that you can do whatever you want with. It's not like the room's going to be set up to, like, all right, you have to have your home theater in this room. Like, it's just going to be the room that you can do whatever. Yeah. Um, You can use a storage room or whatever your hobby is you can do in that room because it's got right. that big ass window it gets a ton of natural light like you know my thing with it being the home theater room is it's not over the basement yeah it's the only room in the house that like i could insulate the floor because it's just on a slab mm-hmm. insulate the floor and then when i listen to the stereo it doesn't like reverberate through the entire basement and then blow up the whole house right and then also it's a very controllable space so i can dial the stereo into that space and then what you do down here will be a little bit different because the separation will be a little bit less because the distance between the speakers is less, but you can control the reverb because the room doesn't echo like down here because this is concrete walls. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can kind of dial the seat into the middle of the room and really like fine tune how the speakers are all set to each other. And then you will just be in like a cocoon of like amazing sound. Yeah. And that's kind of like, yeah, sweet. So I yeah. don't care like if that room is awkward when you walk into it. The idea that like at any point I can just sit down and dial into like literally existing in the middle of like whatever music I want. Like right. that's a pretty sweet life enhancement to have. And I feel like the rest of the house functions well. Yeah. So if, like that's my thing. Like cool. Yeah. You know? Seems like a fair trade with the <laughs> slight awkwardness, but Yeah. And it, yeah. and it does it doesn't matter. Like any I don't know. Like it's it's a lot of the house is fashion and function mm-hmm. right and there's some areas of the house that like for me are overtly fashion over function like that's not exactly how i'd want it but it looks like it's gonna look the best yeah um and then that would be the part of the house that'd be like function over fashion yeah like yeah it's a really crazy and if i had a bigger house i'd have the home theater room in a bigger room but the reality is is i don't have a bigger house <laughs> Yeah. And I have a ridiculous home theater set up, so it's just going to get crammed into a smaller room. Right. And it is what it is. Right. Yeah. Until you get a bigger house and you can make a big one. Yeah. And then at some yeah. point I'll have like a crazy stereo room. Yeah. And just soundproof the shit out of it. And Yeah. Yeah. Go in there and literally almost drown. Yeah. Round, <laughs> round some stuff out so I don't have dead spots and go yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. That'd be nutty. Yeah. I think it'll be yeah. cool um, <laughs> when it's all set up to do like, you know, Sunday sunday uh you know joe mez or whatever right like after whatever tournaments we play on the weekend like yeah just come over tired and beat up and like hit that couch yeah and like fire up joe mez yeah just yeah. watch some, <laughs> uh that'd be sweet yeah watch some uh watch some tourneys so yeah. right now i think the basement would be the 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 sunday joe mez situation yeah or, or the living room we'll have to see yeah but yeah i'm excited to to have that i think that'll be cool next year yeah so we'll like, need a couch couches chairs something down here yeah well Ch- chouches when we get the couch for the living room then those couches come up for grabs to like move around the house right not that they're comfortable but they do their something. job ish yeah and then like once they're no longer the primary couch i can like try to modify them yeah because the big part is is like the support's gone 
So yeah. I think it would be more comfortable if I just like secured it across and mm-hmm. then you're basically just sitting on pillows. Right. As opposed to like sitting on a couch that like the support's blown out. So when right. you sit in it, you just sink into it. So if yeah. I just like secured it up so you're more like sitting on something that's kind of stiff but has like a comfortable pillow on it, I think that that would be better. Yeah. Because at least my back wouldn't hurt when I sit on it. Both <laughs> yeah. of those couches, I get about five minutes and then literally like my back hurts. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. That chair is awesome. I love the chair. Yeah. It's a good size. It's the yeah. same thing though. It's kind of rounded out. Yeah. So when I sit in it, like yeah. instantly my back hurts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Chair's old. I'm old. Whatever. It is what it is. Yeah. I watched some... Uh, I did watch some golf this weekend, though. Yeah. I, was, I was rewatching some of the, um, not Arkansas, is it Arkansas States or the Arkansas whatever? Um, and then I was rewatching some old like Champs versus Chumps. Yeah, that was one thing that I was watching, and I didn't realize like I thought it was a newer ish one. Yeah. Um, but Paige was still on dynamic. I was like, oh, this is like a little older than I thought. I, I didn't seen it. I haven't seen it, but it was. Paige and Simon versus all the chumps or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it was funny because on one of the holes, it's like 588 or whatever. And this guy comes up and just rips one off. I'm like, what? Like, that's clearly someone, or it's like some random chump that nobody knows. And it took me rewatching it a couple times. Like, oh, that's Drew Gibson. Oh, really? Like, that's why the disc was annihilated. Yeah. Like- <laughs> that's why I was screaming. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah. Oh, my God. But, uh, they played really well, even though like they uh, they had Thomas Gilbert and Drew Gibbs. I think those were the only two top guys that were there that made random appearances. Um, they still played like really well. Yeah. And, like at the end, it was like fourteen down to fourteen down, and then Simon's like, "I have to throw this in to beat them by one, otherwise we're tying." Like, I didn't even realize. I don't know. I thought it was really funny, and they're really entertaining. Yeah. Sexton is amazing at commentary he's amazing um and then it and then amanda made a really funny comment because so the hole that gibson appeared on his upshot looked like the same speed as his drive and amanda's like oh that's kind of like how dan does it <laughs> well yeah that's yeah, exactly how that's it. it yeah throw it slow dan the same as my 500 foot drive yes, yes. okay and the and it's 100 feet away yeah just rip it because yeah. <laughs> that's exactly he went like 200 past the pin or something and i think i don't know if he was trying to throw it in yeah but it looked like he was trying to lay it up but just really lay it up at high speed yeah Yeah. (laughs) i just wanted to get there now yeah yeah Uh, it was so funny but it was good it was a lot of good golf um and i just love like kevin jones's mannerisms and like how he handles things and how he diagnoses a lot of stuff which is actually really good yeah like i've I like how he does it and it's very similar to like Yuli and Philo do the same thing where it's like I really appreciate their commentary versus not that Ian Anderson is a bad commentator or yeah. bad at his job but it's he wears me down because every shot is amazing and then like that's basically it yeah <laughs> it just kind of sucks um Yo, so I th- it's I nice think... to hear like other stuff happening or like more diagnose um yeah, that was that was the amazing part. Like, I didn't know that that voice was Nate Doss. But when I yeah. watched the stream and then I yes. realized that that was Nate Doss, I was really blown away at, like, the lack of intricacy in terms yes. of explaining shots. Yeah. Every shot was again, amazing. Because, again, not that he's a bad person or whatever, yeah. but sometimes you're good at stuff and sometimes you just yeah, every you don't shot, got it. Every shot was amazing and this yeah. was that. And it was like they would do, like, a really stock shot. And he's like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. Ugh. 
You see, <laughs> when he threw it, he put spin on it. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Sometimes, like, his uh, holy shit factor is, like, spot on. But then it's, like, holy shit for this other thing. And it's like, ah, all right. Seems yeah. kind of standard. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We need a longer reaction list from you. Yeah. Yeah. Not just two. <laughs> yeah. So I saw this week that Eagle re-signed a three-year deal. Yep. Because we were talking before about, like, if there will be any changes we're both under the impression there's not going to be any like major changes it'll just be like people that aren't signed yeah getting signed yeah because i don't see like conrad eagle simon simon any of those people moving like doing anything so um yeah so i i I thought that that was pretty standard and i wonder like i don't know because i didn't do any research into it because i was like busy working on the house but if they released the details of the deal or if you had heard anything on it. No idea. I know Brody signed a two-year extension. Did he? I saw that, yeah, okay. with Discraft. Um, I didn't know that he had just signed a one-year deal, but I guess he did. Yeah. Last year he signed a one-year deal. Yeah. And I remember people were like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Both sides because he signed like a $30,000 contract. Yeah. And people were like, he got offered a lot more money from other people, but he wanted to go to Discraft. Mm-hmm. And then... Some people were like, well, I can't believe they'd give him a $30,000 contract when he hasn't X, Y, and Z, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, but I'm wondering, like, with the 30000 like, obviously his memorabilia or whatever, merchandise, however you want to put it, like, did very well. Right. So I wonder if in that first contract there was merchandise money or if the second contract is then vastly different based on the fact that, like get freaky and dark horse and all that stuff that he did like sold really well. So then a second contract reflects that. I don't know. I'm always yeah. interested to see like how that stuff works out. Yeah. 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 Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was good. And, um, I still like the impact that he has on the sport. Cause I like the idea of like, he's not a like starting from scratch human being, mm-hmm. but he is a like getting into disc golf from a different background with a shit ton of people watching him right so he like really expands you know getting the process of getting into disc golf and how sweet disc golf is to a bunch of people that might normally not at least as rapidly get involved right so i think that that's that that's good yeah i think that discraft is smart to sign someone that has such a social media following you know what i mean and then the fact that it worked out the way that it did isn't surprising yeah, and you know. to those who are like, well, why did he get blah, blah, blah? I think that's, like, the big thing is because he has a huge audience Yeah, so for weird. this. And he's, at, like, he's a professional just, like, in the sense of being a professional and knowing how to exist in, like, that world. Yeah. Um, And then, again, like, have the audience that he built up doing all these crazy trick shots over the years. Like, I've watched it, like, yeah. multiple times, and it's nutty. Um, So, I mean, doing all that doesn't surprise like it does surprise me but not like why does he get it but yeah like it's sweet that he did yeah like i find the why did he get it funny yeah i just find it funny yeah why did he get it yeah yeah, yeah. it's like you live in a world like i don't know there's there's people on instagram that come up so all right let's just get into this Uh so one of gabby's friends wants to be a model hannah so i did research on instagram on models yeah right like instagram models or whatever that is so before my instagram was basically crossfit i mean like disc golf working out you know yeah whatever so my feed was always like 
dudes. Yeah. <laughs> dudes lifting weights. Yeah. People from disc golf. CrossFit people, guys and girls, because a lot of the CrossFit people that I follow are women. Yeah. Because I think that they're great. Yeah. Um, and then like obviously because I'm a guy, like I just randomly get hit with like, you know people that are Instagram models or whatever that is. Yeah. But I don't really engage in that part of Instagram. Yeah. Like I look at whatever it is I look at, but that's not really the thing for me. Right. Um, but so I was looking into that thing <laughs> because I wanted to like see like what is that thing? You yeah. know what I mean? And um, other than like the first couple weeks I was on Instagram, I just have never really gotten into that. Like when I first got on Instagram, I was like, what is this all about? And then I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> now all this weird like lip filler shit, alien yeah. looking people make sense because these are the people on Instagram that have like millions of followers. Right. But anyway, so I like went down the rabbit hole of like, what is this girl? How many posts does she have? How many followers does she have? What are the pictures that she has on her thing? And trying to put together like a data set, like my brain works so I could like try to assist in this thing of like, this is what I've learned from my, you know, Instagram yeah. research. Yeah, if you want to do this, here's, here's, here's how I see yeah. it being done. Here's how I see it being done. Yeah. So my feed now is just... All that. All terrible. aliens. Yeah, Gabby even like, yesterday oh, was God. like, what the fuck? And yeah. I was like, I was like, I don't know. Like, I told her what I was doing and I like was offering like my, in, like, my insight. Because yeah. like Hannah had like a photo shoot or something last week that she went to and then she was talking about that. And I was like, well, this is what I learned. Yeah from my time this seems to be successful the, you know whatever yeah um and then i'm back to using instagram the way that i normally use instagram <laughs> but you still have that lag of like now there's right. just you know you're ooh. gonna get hit with that yeah, yeah with all this stuff so yeah. gabby yesterday we were laying in bed watching tv and she was like what and i was like i don't know but yeah <laughs> the thing with brody and his contract that like really cracked me up is they're like he's not even really a disc golfer and he got this contract for like $30,000 a year. Yeah. And he has like two, I don't know, on YouTube, he has like 2 million followers. I don't know what he has on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I didn't go to Brody Smith's Instagram. But I was thinking like, there's plenty of those girls that are models. And I'm sure there's dudes, I just didn't look into it. Mm -hmm. But there's plenty of girls on there that are like getting paid, I don't know how much money, to like drink bang. Yeah. Right? Like bang then became like one of the things where like a lot of the Instagram models that I saw had posts of like little videos of them with like bang. Really? Yeah. Okay. Like little bang shorts and they're running around doing something and they're like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> drinking yeah, yeah. bang. And I was like, this is their marketing campaign. Yeah. Sweet or not. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but I was just thinking like, is she like a professional bang drinker? Yeah. No. <laughs> like, how did she get to like represent bang? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, does she have a background in drinking energy drinks? Right. Like, what the fuck does that no, even mean? No, they're no. just the poster. Like, she, they're they are the billboard for that. Right. She has Why a ton of followers. Brody, to some extent, is the billboard for Discraft. Right. Yeah. Right, which is totally fine. Yeah. So, like, if this girl from, like, whatever her content has been for however long has yeah. developed, like, all these people that check in on her Instagram regularly. Yeah. Like, then Bang is like, it's totally worth this money to get her... Because then a bunch like of people are going to see it. one post a week to like right. drink this bang and throw it up on your Instagram. Right. And yeah. then with Brody, because he has this giant following, the fact that like Discraft or any disc golf thing would do it just based on that. Mm -hmm. They're like, hur, hur, hur. yeah. And you're like, okay, dude. Yeah. Sweet. Like that doesn't really make sense. Yeah. But also I think like the other side of it of like taking someone who's like, putting their name in a hat of like, I want to try to be great at this sport when they've already been great at a different sport. And then I'm going to chart my journey on social media 
I would want to be the manufacturer that they're using. Mm-hmm. So like it makes sense to me. And when yeah. I see people like, burr, 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 yeah, I'm me too. Like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, I can to some degree see like where they're coming from, but realistically, like it's a business, and that's exactly like what it is. And if he some like, not that he's not going to be able to be like a top guy or like a really good player. He's obviously proven like in a short period of time. Yeah, he's developed a lot of skill, a lot of finesse, a lot of, like just understanding like oh. I can just throw it like this and this is how it reacts like or does this and that or this is possible that's possible or whatever he just hasn't had as many reps as you or i or all these other guys but in reps of like just throwing like reps as in throwing a disc yeah but reps in throwing a frisbee he's probably got more than all of us yeah like by far it's just taking that like muscle memory information and putting it into a disc or whatever um but yeah, like having all that just kind of come around. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Like if anybody did it, it'd be like, yeah, Innova, that makes sense. Pro- Prodigy, that makes sense. Prodiscus, that makes Yeah. 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 I think he's a good billboard for yeah. whatever. And then he's also just going to do the best that he can, obviously. And I guess he's going through a mental block or something right now. I'm not exactly sure what's going on. But yeah. like, I, like I follow him on Twitter. Um, Like he's one of the guys that pops up anytime whatever happens, happens. And uh he posted something that didn't make sense to me, but like all the response was like about mental game and this and that and how to combat it and whatever. And I know he, uh, he took the Brit or he stopped playing the disc golf pro tour, like with a couple events left or whatever for kind of like the same reason. Yeah. And I think that's something that a lot of disc golfers go through is like hitting like some weird plateau or whatever. And then just like kind of questioning it or whatever. Yeah. And like, instead of just kind of like, I don't think he's backing off entirely. I think he's just backing off and attacking like the mental thing and figuring that shit out and then like hopping right back into it. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. I would say like life is, a mo- is like the most extreme sport. Yeah. Right. Cause you can go 360 degrees, 360 yeah. degrees Yeah. in life. Like you can approach life any way you want. Yeah. Right. Like Paul is like, I'm going to stick with this disc golf thing. And one day I'm going to drive a McLaren yeah. and people are like, Oh, okay, buddy. Good yeah. luck with that. And then yeah, now yeah. he's driving the McLaren and he's like, eat it. Right. Yeah. Like, there's exactly. plenty of things in, in life that, like, you approach life however the fuck you want. Yeah. And, you know, in the end, it's, it's all about how you feel when you're looking yourself in the mirror. Yeah. And I think with disc golf, any any adventure that you do in life, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. And uh, you have to figure out your path, stick to it, and then be okay with your results. Mm-hmm. Because it was your process that got you there. You made yeah. those decisions and do it and not be like they fucked me or you know life gave me bad cards or whatever yeah um and i think with him he really trusts his instincts because he's been really successful with them yeah so i think in going through something when he's like he has an idea in his head of what it's going to take to be where he wants to be and he's going to take whatever path makes sense to him to get there and that path might be like i'm gonna stop playing big tournaments because i find myself just throwing shots and getting frustrated yeah or i want to develop like working out my game plan, trying to execute each shot along the way. And that's easier for me to develop in not pro tour circumstances. You know what I mean? And like, as he does all that stuff and makes adjustments and attacks it, however he's attacking it and decides to pick whatever part of the game to work on right now versus working on that part of the game and everything else. Like in the end, it's just going to be his results based on his process. And he's proven to like be pretty good at it. You know what I mean? Like we were talking at the very, very like second episode People who are really good at disc golf, for the most point, 
it's going to change over time because now you're going to have people who have just been playing disc golf since they were kids. But yeah, you know, go back a couple of years, like almost everybody that was really good at disc golf was also really successful at another sport first. Yeah. And they understand like how to become really good at a sport. Yeah. And uh, it's funny you say that because that was something I wanted to say and totally forgot. So in the champs versus chumps at the very end, they had because they tied. They had a tiebreaker, and I, I was super bummed because they said, we're just going to go until there's a winner, and then they ended up changing it. Like, it's just a one-hole playoff, so if you tie on the playoff hole, you just tie across the board, which yeah. I thought was super lame. Um, so like Paige, you... Paige and Simon were up first. Yeah. Paige was the first, and this hole's like 340, I think. And she, like, pimps this shot. And I'm like, the first thought I had is, like, all oh, these poor kids. Like, what the fuck? Like, she's yeah. just going to go do that. Like, she, yeah, true competitor. Like, oh, they're all these kids. Man, fuck these kids. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not going to back off. I'm not going to lose. Yeah. yeah. And then Simon, it didn't, like, he was trying to ace run it because she was right there. And then uh, one of the kids, like, the kid who started, he threw a sidearm, which I thought the whole setup really nicely if he had, like, a good sidearm. And was going to park it and then ended up a little short, hit these boulders on the left side, which stopped him from advancing anymore. And then, like, I got goosebumps right away after, like, watching this kid throw. And then I was like, what are all these other kids going to do? Because, like, this is what throwing as kids looks like, like, coming up now. Like, this is what they're going to be doing in 10 years from now. And then what's it going to look like and where, like, what's it look like when it starts? And yeah. they all look fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, they're killing it. Like, all the sidearm, like, the one kid probably weighs like 50 pounds like sopping wet with all his parents clothes on and just gets everything into sidearm and yeah. like can get it out there like 300 feet or whatever and i thought it was sweet and it's funny because his hands like this big on the di and like the disc is this big yeah. yeah yeah it's sweet um and then all the kid like they all had a chance of like getting there and they all were just like a little off or whatever and then one kid i think the closest they had was um like a 25 foot putt and the dude the first kid just drilled like drilled it sure drilled it he drilled the putt drilled it yeah <laughs> drilled it nailed it same thing um which i thought was super sick and it wasn't like some fluttery whatever because again i was like all right well it's easier to throw this than it is to like putt it or whatever in my head but i'll i'll wait and see yeah and i want to see how it is and it's like super clean like relatively easy for him to like get it there and everything i was like all right sweet so drilled it yeah drilled it <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah i don't know it was, it was exciting to see i got like all amped up for all the kids shots and, yeah like, for Paige and simon i was like yeah it's about par for the course yeah <laughs> like i got goosebumps and whatever i don't know it was interesting cool you want to do a question board early yeah yeah, yeah. let's do it all so right. if you were to create a disc what would it be name type plastic idea line stability? ideal line for this so you oh. get to create whatever okay is what they're asking cool and yeah. this is from Welch, right? Welch? Nah, maybe? I think so. Okay. It's from last week. It was a question that we didn't get to. Yeah. yeah we, these, a yeah. lot of these questions were from last week. So if you leave questions, like we do these every we do these every Monday. Usually we're already doing it by 9 in the morning. Yeah. So if your questions are after that, yeah. we'll make sure to address all of them. The next week. The next one. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if I had to create, if I could create a disc... Mm -hmm. And it could do, it could be any disc, right? And do whatever it's going to do. Um, it would probably be a putt and approach, I think would be, would be my disc. Okay. Yeah. And I think it would be, 
somewhere in between a jokery and a zone. Okay. Somewhere in between those two. Similar style. You know what I mean? Flat top, kind of like the bottle cap style, whatever European. Uh, there's like a name for that style. Yeah. But um, it would be like that style. Okay. And it would be um, probably similar to like the Altrium plastic. Mm-hmm. Um, because like I think that that plastic holds really well. Yeah. So it would probably be a, what are those, three to four speed? It's yeah. Like, it's somewhere, it would be like a 3.5 speed or something like that. And then like four for glide, I guess. And then maybe like a zero, two and a half. Yeah. Zero three, something like that. Um, It would just be like right in between those two discs. Mm-hmm. Brand new. Yeah. Right. Because the issue with me with zones is they start out at one thing and I feel like they lose stability kind of on the faster side of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Jokeries hold their stability much better. Um, but I like the, I like that the zone is like a little bit faster and I like, um, that it can be a little bit more stable. So I guess I would basically make a little bit faster, a little bit glidier jokery, slightly more stable jokery. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's kind of what I thought. I was, I was trying to think like what you were going to pick and that's, that's probably about where I thought. Yeah. Um, mine would be, can you guess? It is a disc that I throw a lot and I like a lot. The D2? No. D1? No. It'd be it'd be the same thing basically. Yeah. Um but I think I'd want like if it if this were something that were like an all-around disc, like if it was like I don't know what to throw in this hole. Yeah. It would probably be whatever like a faster version of a Mercy would be basically. Yeah. Um and then the only thing that I'd want to change about the Mercy is like the bottom lip, instead of it having like the weird like indentation, it would be like a fully like bullet nosed putter and maybe like slightly deeper. Yeah. Because it's like it's a little shallow but not terrible. Um so like the P two is a little more deep. If you could like split that difference, I think right there would be awesome. Yeah. And then having like I don't even know, like a C E version of that, like something that's a premium plastic but nice and tacky and holds durability like it's all discs and plastics they get to um like you have the brand new state and then they wear into whatever they're going to be and then they're in that state for like the longest period of time and i want it to start out pretty stable and then beat to this thing that's basically neutral and you can throw it like as hard as you want and you can get it to stand a little or throw it flat and it just kind of like drifts off to the right kind of because yeah a new like that would be probably like the ideal thing for me and it's the md or coyote or mako 3 they're all basically the same version of that disc um i really enjoy it a lot yeah yeah i think that'd be like a great go-to type deal yeah i think yeah. i think what mine is is looking to be would be a putt and approach version of a stable wasp flight yeah. characteristic okay and then the design of it would be jokery or zone something like that yeah um that would be what exactly what i'd be looking in for. like a pro discus plastic in like an ultra plastic i'm trying yeah. to think of what else it would be um yeah some like really nice premium star equivalent plastic yeah like not champion not mm-hmm. premium you know what i mean not like 
that plastic, I would want the like opaque kind of like star style plastic. Okay. Um, what would the name of it be? I don't even know. The Drailer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I don't even know. Would I name mine like the Hurricane? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? I no, add the the Adventator. Advent. Right? That's one of the Lamborghinis, right? I don't know. Lamborghini Mercy? Yeah. The Countach? Yeah. Yeah. Just go <laughs> back, like, yeah, just yeah, go yeah, back yeah. to like 84. Yes. 83. The Kunta- I had a little model car, like a little black one of the Countach, and I thought it was the coolest thing. It was my favorite car as yeah. a kid. Yeah. yeah. Also similar to the DeLorean. Yeah. Underpowered. Yeah. yeah it looks like, damn, that car's probably super fast. Yeah. And they were fast, but not that fast. Right. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the name would be. Like, I had spent some time thinking about it once I saw the question, but I don't know what what the name of it would be. Yeah. Um, oh, I might name it something elaborate. Yeah. Like when, nice shot, dude. What'd you throw? And they're like, Sparkle Buzz GT CE Limited Edition first run prototype yeah. thing. That might be the actual, yeah. It would probably be something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe yeah. maybe mine would be Datsuk. Oh. It would just be like the Datsuk. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? Just the yes. magic man. Yeah. Just fucking money as shit. Yeah. Yeah. Either that or like the Red Wing. I think the Red Wing would be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Probably one of those two, I think. I like it. Because the Datsuk would be would be dope. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you throw there? Datsuk. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Drailed it. Drailed it. <laughs> All right, did I have to take a break for a second? Okay. All right. We'll be back. Welcome to Intermission. Yeah, Intermission. And we're back. Sorry, I had to warm up a little bit. I was freezing. Were you? Yeah, turn the heat up. I had to throw on a... Under layer? Under Armour shirt or something. Nice. So, All right. So after that, I actually thought of something while I was getting warmer. Okay. If you could create a disc golf invention or some technology mm. that would be, that's like realistic, not like disc control. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like not something, but like something that's yeah. actually like feasible. What would it be? Um, Do you have anything off the top of your head? Pro- I mean, probably the biggest thing is somehow a way that a disc can be made literally consistently to like down to like fractions of like however they're very like you can have runs of destroyers that vary runs of wasps that vary yeah if there was a way where it's like a wasp is a wasp is a wasp is a wasp is a wasp yeah no matter what yeah um same thing for like everything else and then that way when you're building a bag it's like you don't have to have like i understand the fact of like you can have the same mold but have different stabilities of it because it's beaten in right right um so maybe something like i don't think you can do the thing where like a disc is less beat in but if you were able to go and replace stuff and then you just randomly have these discs that are like this just turned into something sweet awesome but like when you go buy new stuff that you're just getting what you're looking for yeah i think would be sweet so an improvement in the manufacturing process. Yeah. I think that that comes down to like diligence of oversight. Yeah. You know what I mean? So part of it is going to be like plastics 
and plastics are never, at least getting them economically, yeah, are never going to be the exact same. Right. Because you're buying lots of, not lots, like a whole bunch of, lot meaning like a lot of, like right. a whatever, of pellets. And those pellets are, if they're recycled, if they're not, if they're produced, whatever, right. they're never going to be exact. Right. Like even if you bought paint. Yeah. So like if you bought like a gallon of paint today and then you bought a gallon of paint, you know, two years from now and you try to put them together, like they're not exactly going to match. Yeah. Because the chemicals that go into that, the products that actually go into making that paint aren't the exact same. Right. And they're paying a lot more money and they're a lot more diligent about getting exactly the same in paint than they yeah. are in disc golf discs. Yeah. And it's just like a non thing. You can make it a lot closer. Yeah. But it also comes down to like human oversight. Like right. when you take that disc off of the, whatever, the press mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, the injection mold, when you take it out of there, are you taking this disc exactly off and then putting it into the exact same environment? Or yeah. are you like taking one off and then another, and then you're stacking those up and then you're taking them over here and setting them up to cool or what, like, what is that process? You'd have to have a thing where like, it's all exact. Yeah. And that, that person doing it is on like... You know, and that's just like oversight. So I think some companies are better than it than other companies. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like yeah. Lat Dynamic West Side for the most, but like that is by far the most consistently made disc. At least like everything that I've gotten, usually everything brand yep. new is just going to be the same. Yep. I'm going um, with Pro Discus for that. Yeah. Like yeah, which also yep. yeah, their shit like every time is the yeah. same. Yeah. Yeah, which is awesome. And then also, I don't know if you saw this. Um, but latitude i mean they started making videos like thomas hextrom and then they're like the social media guy i forget his name off the top of my head dude's hilarious and then people have like strong thick accents from like anywhere besides like our north america or whatever i fucking love um but they do a really good job of just like dissecting stuff down into like less than five minute like clips and they just recently did a how a disc is made yeah. So they show like basically their full process of how they specifically make discs. I saw the is, video. I just didn't watch it. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Like, and that was always something that was like, I mean, I tried to get into discraft to like work there, but I also, I had an interest of like just how shit was done. Yeah. Like it's why I, like I'll go and work wherever. Cause like I'm interested in just how it's done or whatever. And, uh, that was released and I got like super excited and I messaged a couple people about it. Um, Fred being one of them, and he's always, like, one step ahead of me. Because uh, I don't know how much he actually works. Like, he works a lot, but also he's very angry at his job, but he still works there. Yeah. So I think a lot of time is spent on his phone. Um, but anyways, just seeing how it was made was actually really cool to actually see it, like, besides speculating and, like, how stuff's done or whatever. It's, like, at least there's how they do it. Yeah. Like, that's cool. And I don't know how anybody else does it, but, again, like, they're a company who has... I think a pretty high success rate at keeping consistent consistency across the board, when, yeah. like um, to whatever percentile, like a f- um, what is it like a what do they what do they make like the core like a core is a core is a core well, uh, they made not pioneers um, whatever disc they were making there they showed like full stacks and they all like looked the same like they even showed like the profiles of a ton of them I didn't realize the thing on the uh, bottom of the disc that creates that weird little nipple on the bottom is like this long seemingly and then they just like sniff it off yeah yeah which i thought was like super because i never understood what was going on and then dan worked at discraft for a bit and then he was like yeah and then you can just like take the disc out of the 
injection mold and then set it on that weird little nipple thing so like again it was one of those i kind of have an idea like i it makes sense even more now and like what i was thinking before wasn't wrong but it was like yeah. still i'm like 99 percent sure that i got it right and then it's like okay now i see it so now it's like i got it yeah um which i thought was super cool and i really enjoy their videos because a lot what's, of it makes sense what's the temperature do you know uh to heat it up was like almost 200 degrees i think it was like 180 degrees and then they have like a curing process for all the plastic pellets and then they have this crazy contraption thing where you have like they had all the white pellets in this one they had like all blue pellets over here and then they had one in the middle and then they can mix them depending on what color they're trying to go for um and then i think that cure time is like three days like two or three days or something like that to get them um so there's no imperfections so i don't know if that's something that they do that other companies don't but that seems like an extra step process to make sure they're putting out like the best quality product that they're making yeah um yeah i don't know but it's it's sweet i, I really enjoyed it yeah yeah and everything at like thomas is like a very intelligent guy even though like for a guy who doesn't seem very athletic because he's maybe he really likes beer and or cheeseburgers um but his insight and how to do everything makes a lot of sense yeah and i, I just really enjoy it so if you haven't seen it check it out you check it out they, I'll check you it guys out. check it out for sure we'll check it out yeah yeah, I was thinking, what if you had like a, uh, what are those radio frequency ID cards or the mm -hmm. chip? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So it doesn't, there's no power source to it, mm -hmm. but if you hit it with a thing, it'll like, like when you go to swipe into a building, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like something you can just hold the card next to the thing and it reads the, the little chip inside the card. Um, if you put that in a flight plate. Yeah. So that way, like when you're out there, you could then have like the little wand when yeah. you're looking for your disc in shit. And then it'd be like, meep, meep, meep. Yeah. And you're like, oh, there it is. And then you're like, oh, yeah. there it is. And it's like, yeah. you know, or when you're looking at it just off the fairway at Stony. Yeah. You know, and you're like, meep, meep. Yeah. you know, you could find it. I think that that'd be really cool. Yeah. Like, for I, don't sure. know, I don't know how long uh, it would last before it got beat up, but it would probably last a good amount. Cause it's not like the center of your flight plate's taking a beating very often. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you could put it just kind of in the center of the flight plate, like in the plastic, I think yeah. that, that would be awesome. Yeah, something. Be because then you could find them. So I don't know. <laughs> or at least the general area that it's at. Yeah. Like, I, it's obviously here. I just can't see it. Right. Because yeah. that's, like, the hard part. When it's, like, you, it landed here, especially in yeah. the tall grass where it's vertical. Yeah. Like, and you're, you're literally, like, a foot away from it for 25 minutes. Yeah, have walked past it, like, for the last 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Because they have, like... Uh, yeah, I don't know if they have an incentive to do it as a manufacturer because, like, they benefit when you lose it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's then, one of those, like, we're not going to make it to the best of whatever because eventually we need it to wear out so you buy more. Yeah. Like, type deal. Or when you lose them, you have to yeah. buy more or whatever. And if they made it so it was, like, super hard to lose, would they make up yeah. the money by charging you more? But that's what I was going to say, yeah. too. And I think that would be totally viable. Or you, can, and you could even have, like, a line of discs in something like that where it's, like, it's the same thing. It's just... A little bit more, like five dollars more for right. this thing. The, fi but, the Finder series, yeah. yeah. But your ability to loot, like, it's gonna have to like go somewhere where, you're like, I know it's in the lake over there, but yeah, I just can't get it. Yeah, or yeah. I'm not willing to get it, or whatever it is. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that would be cool. And that's like that's always the thing. Like, put something in the disc to make it whatever. Like, uh, I think the technology would then be how big is this disc finder 
like um, a wand. Yeah. 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 I don't know, probably not that big. I don't know. You maybe does, get does a, Steve Dodge use it? Maybe you get an app on your phone. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, that'd be you, sweet. You don't have to carry around a, a generator with Steve <laughs> Dodge. All right, favorite off-season hobbies related to disc golf. Um, well, I think that's hard because the only thing I could come up with that I actually do enjoy is working out. Yeah, because that's again working towards not just bettering ourselves just in general, but also f- for the purpose of disc golf and right staying fit and doing all that other than that it's like throwing in the basement like that's yeah. fun <laughs> i don't know doing doing whatever we can i mean the podcast is a good time i'm glad that we're doing it it's crazy that this is what the 22nd one now yeah yeah like we're yeah. moving my uh, off-season hobbies related to disc golf yeah would be throwing indoors mm-hmm. and then uh working out and i think um I probably enjoy working out more than I enjoy throwing indoors. Yeah. Um, cause I just get more out of it. Like yeah. I, I like, you know, I like being all beat up when I'm done and I feel like, you know, like it makes me feel better and everything else and throwing indoors. Um, we'll have to see this season because we're gonna have a little bit different space to throw indoors in. Um, but every time I do it, I just feel like it helps, you know, it does some stuff for me, but I'm always like, at least on this floor and everything, like I'm always nervous about like slipping, so yeah. like I enjoy doing it. I more enjoy like just having disc golf people have over. Have you seen the um real quick, have you seen the turf that's at Home Depot? Yeah. Yeah. Have you thought about getting that for down here? Yeah, but I don't know how I like put it to the ground. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I can't really like just glue that to the ground. Right. And I was saying like um that gorilla tape, they make the double sided that shit fucking is strong. Yeah, so the issue like, is then when I pull it up, it's gonna pull up the tile. Because I just put a piece of duct tape down to like have a fault line. Yeah. And when I pulled it up, that's what pulled those like corners. Oh, really? Yeah, it was like regular duct tape. Not even crazy duct tape. No shit. Because those tiles, yeah, because the tiles are old. Yeah. And like breaking, the breaking of those tiles is what you're trying to avoid. Yeah. So if I could put like, that's what I was saying, like if I could put like a square of like flex seal over the top of it. Yeah. The profile of it isn't high. Right. Right. So it's not going to like impede anything if I put the mat over it or anything like that. If I want to put ping pong down here or anything. Yeah. Um, and then I'm just not worried about getting it up. Like it'll just stay there, which is fine. Right. But like the turf, I would have to secure the turf to something that then I could move. Right. And then how do I secure that down so it doesn't slide? Mm-hmm. And then what does that look like? Like am I just putting it on a sheet of plywood and then right. putting like that bolts in or something? Yeah, I'm not gonna drill yeah. into the floor. Right. So yeah, I don't I don't know what that is. Right. But the other thing is is like so that bathroom, I'm going to move the wall a little bit because Gabby wants that to be like her glam room. And like the run up is then like moved. And I'm just starting to think like for full run up drives, like this basement is probably not going to be a thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I could I could kind of do it. Really? Yeah. I can get full run up. Like mine is significantly smaller. Yeah. But even like you can get really close to the net because yeah. this isn't meant to be going anywhere other than like working on form. Yeah, I don't well, know. Maybe, yeah, I'm sure. I I'm sure I can. I just yeah. think like, if you know, if we can go somewhere else, like where Jake's at or whatever, and we can oh get, totally, like, yeah, and like that would be a sweet thing. I think I would really enjoy that. Yeah. And when we went to the gym last year, it was really fun because um, we would do like some like network and whatever, but then we just did a whole bunch of like playing horse, basically, and working on putting and all that, and it was just fun to do. Yeah. And it's cool because a lot of the time in the winter, I don't really see many of my disc golf friends. So it's cool just to like get together and do that stuff. Right. But in terms of like 
I don't know. I, I enjoy like working out more because yeah. I like I really enjoy working out. Like yeah. even you know when I lived in New York, I wasn't disc golfing at all, and I worked out quite a bit. Right. I just, I just enjoy it. Yeah. So yeah, it's awesome. It's super gratifying afterwards. And like again, like I said on Friday, I did the same thing where we had a very vigorous workout. Got back, was watching more Scientology on Netflix, and I just before I knew it, I was just out on the floor. Yeah. Like for two hours <laughs> well, it, was a, it was a pretty big workout yeah friday yeah yeah it was great throwing discs can you throw with both hands has a disc ever been hit by a bird mid-flight yeah, yeah like randy johnson this count as a birdie haha -ha. <laughs> um i can throw with both hands it's not comfortable it's yeah. not pretty um but we have the triple threat every year so yeah. i can do that i um, think he meant more like Oh, two hands at once? Yeah, I think more... Well, like, you can throw with both hands, technically. Yeah. Like, I can throw righty and then, like, lefty. But, like, throwing two... Yeah. Technically, you can do it, but I don't see the disc going very far. Yeah, because of spin. Yeah, like, I don't exactly. Know, I don't the disc needs that. a spin to fly. Right. And, how and you, so the how one you... is creating the spin, the other one is creating the opposite spin. Right. Or, like, is it just, like, on your hand as you throw it? Then th that's kind of technically. Yeah. But then you're not getting anything into it because, like your arms coming with you <laughs> so it's not lagging behind to get more of a whip out of it yeah so I don't know. technically ben you can throw like with both hands like a push pass yeah i don't kinda. know um has a disc ever hit a bird mid-flight i'm sure it has yeah i'm sure it has i'm too. sure it has too not personally from me i don't know. have you drilled a bird mid -flight? never hit a bird no. i've been close there's been times where it's like oh that bird might die or that squirrel might die but i've yet to like hit anything besides like i don't know i've hit a goose before yeah and that's just because, like, they're slow and, what, what cover, like, uh, ladles of gravy. I think that that's USDGC, right, where they hit the goose. Probably. Yeah, they just nailed it and the yeah. fucker didn't. Like, oh, hardly, yeah. It yeah, hardly yeah, moved. Yeah, it was yeah. like, ugh, <laughs> dick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's funny because in Michigan we have Canadian geese everywhere. Yeah. And then I'm watching USDGC and they have a bunch of Canadian geese. And Philo's <laughs> trying to figure out, like, what they are. I think they're actually some kind of duck. You're like, no, dude, they're fucking Canadian <laughs> geese, bro. <laughs> they're a giant pain in the ass. They shit everywhere. Yeah. It's like they're a protected. Yeah, yeah, whatever. When he was saying that, I was like, dude, they're Canadian yeah. geese. They're yeah. a pain in the ass. Northern, yeah. whatever they're called. They're so fucking annoying. Yep. So I don't know. I've never, the closest thing I got to like really hitting that freaked me out was a deer. Okay. And uh, I almost hit a deer real solid at Stony once. Yeah. And then actually when we were at, when I was at Willow the one day, I almost fucking cranked a deer. He wouldn't move. Yeah. Like, just wouldn't move. I'm at the tee pads down there, like, right where I'm trying to go. Yeah. I'm trying just to you existing didn't spook him? Just, no, just trying to yell, like, everything. Like, I think it's yeah. to, like, slam some sticks together. Nothing. So I was yeah. like, well, fuck it. Sent it. Totally yeah. almost, it never moved. And, like, I totally almost hit him. Yeah. But I didn't. So. Yeah. I wouldn't have been that upset. One, I don't yeah. think the disc is really going to hurt him. But two, right. like, come on, bro. At some point, like, yeah. you know. Come on. You're usually spooked by leaves blowing or something. Yeah. Or whatever. Um, but does it count as a birdie? I, my vote's yes. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. I would say so. I just wonder, like, you know, there's one of those things of, like, where you're trying to do it, and then you do it, and the feeling isn't, like, the excitement. The feeling is, like, you know. Oh, shit. Yeah, like, yeah. regret. Yeah. When I was a little kid, I remember my brother did not like playing football, and mm -hmm. I loved, like, throwing a football around. So I would, like, go outside with the football and just throw the football at stuff. Yeah. And it ended up being something <laughs> that I did a lot. But, um, so I had different Man, this would be way more fun if I had a brother or something. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't just inside. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I was out in the backyard 
And I had this Baden is the company. Okay. It's like rubber football. Baden okay. rubber football. Yeah. And uh, I used to use that one because it wouldn't get fucked up. I had a leather one, but the rubber one I could like throw into trees and a fence and whatever, yeah. and it wouldn't get fucked up. So I was in the backyard. I had to be like nine years old. And uh, there's like a squirrel on the tree. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to hit the fucking squirrel. <laughs> yeah. So I like load up, gun this football, totally hit the fucking squirrel. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. And the squirrel like got off the tree and then like made some terrible noise. Oh my God. And then like ran up the tree. So yeah. I'm instantly thinking like, He's going to try to jump down on me. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's like, going to come murder me. He wants revenge. He's so pissed. So I go inside. I close the patio door. And then I'm sitting there. At the, I'm terrified. <laughs> and I'm sitting there at the patio door, like, looking outside. And I was like, oh, my God. And I'm looking up in the branch trying to find it. And then I went into, like, the living room. I think I ate a couple bowls of cereal. Yeah. And, like, chilled out for a little bit. And then I went back outside, like, all <laughs> nervous, like, looking, trying to find it. Couldn't find it. Then I walked over there. And it was totally dead on the ground. Oh, my God. And I felt fucking awful. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, I didn't actually think, like, I'm like, yeah. you know, like trying to justify. It. I'm like, oh, I didn't actually think I was going to hit it. You right. know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was more just something to aim at. Yeah. Um, and it just never, it never had a chance. I was like, yeah. maybe. Did you take it and be like, this is your fault? No. <laughs> that's what I felt. <laughs> yeah. I, fucking, I just felt terrible, though. Yeah. And, uh, and then for a while, I was unsettled in my backyard because I felt like they knew. Yeah. yeah. You know, and like. How old were you? I was like nine. Okay. I think I was in like fourth grade. Yeah. Fourth or fifth grade. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I was just like, they know. Yeah. They're going to send vengeance. Yeah, one day. One day. Yeah. One Have they these, gotten it on you yet? No. What is uh, little guys it's like, still, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, what is that noise? Yeah, I think it would be the yeah. same thing with discs. Where yeah. you're like, yeah, fuck that squirrel or fuck that yeah. bird or whatever. And then you throw it. And I think if you actually nailed it, you'd be like, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. And, and you like, know, every time I say it, it's like, oh, that squirrel's about to die. Like, it's the joking phrase, but like inside, it's like, just don't hit it. Yeah. Like, don't. Fred's. Fred is, it's funnier to me because he's much more quick to be like, no, yeah. no, because he's not typically that guy. Um, and not know, not that Fred isn't uh, compassionate or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's just not how he, he's very abrasive when you're talking, like no filter. Yeah. And you thing. don't want to yeah. be that guy that's like, yeah, he right. tried to hit that squirrel and he did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he threw a party or whatever. Yeah. yeah. He was a dick. Yeah. <laughs> I, have to, I have to pee again. I'm sorry. Are you serious? Oh, my God. We are 26 minutes in after the last pee break. Well, when I'm cold. Yeah. Welcome to Intermission. Yeah. Intermission. All right. Fortuna brand shoes. Shoes by Fortuna. Four Fortunas also. No, for not four Fortunas. Four Tunas. Oh. And also disc golfers. I thought it was pretty clever. <laughs> Sounds. Four, oh, four Tunas. Yeah. Uh, mm. Yeah, now you get it. Wow. All right. You just got wrecked by Ben. Okay. <laughs> so. I mean, it'd be sweet. Yeah. Yeah. The big thing with uh, any shoes designated for disc golf you are then financially liable for activity-specific wear and tear. Yeah. Yeah. So if you make a hiking boot that someone uses for disc golf and they wear out that fucking front right corner or the toe, when they bring it in to say the shoe's faulty, you can be like, that's not the intended purpose of the shoe. Right. So then you get out of, like, if you, if you, 
they're way more into it now. But if you dealt with uh, REI, yeah. say, five years ago, yeah. and you kept taking shoes back, they kept taking them back. And then finally, yeah. at some point, they had some corporate memo that went out, and they were like... You got a bunch of fucking disc golfers buying shoes from you guys. Disc golfers are killing us. So yep. then um, they stopped taking returns on disc golf shoes yeah. because they were like, it's unintended purpose. Yeah, I remember the, one of the last pair of Merrells I got before I got those ones that I really liked... Um, those i tried taking back and they were like yeah but this is the last time yeah otherwise you're gonna be like i got threatened with like the blacklist and everything i remember that yeah, yeah i remember that yeah. there's like three pairs in a year yeah. or something and oh they were yeah because like, i i'll destroy shoes yeah 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 so i think that's always the uh like latitude came out with those shoes and then keen for like a minute mm -hmm. was like these are disc golf shoes yeah and then no yep these are shoes you can use for disc golf but they're right. not disc golf shoes right yep yeah i think that's that's the hardest part for that like where how do you put the checks and balances for that product because i've always thought it'd be really cool i've talked with ben about it before about designing shoes and whatever yeah um because there's not really like just a shoe company that makes like a disc like adidas Terex or whatever like kind of but that's yep. just because Paul really liked them, and then everybody else like kind of followed suit with that. But Adidas didn't make it for disc golf. It's right. just a hiking shoe boot thing. Um, you could do it. Yeah. They would be expensive. Yeah. And the issue would then be like, you wouldn't have a very big market. Right. You know, like marketing anything to the disc golf community other than discs and disc golf, like even bags and carts and stuff, but mostly just discs is yeah. very, very, very difficult and it's not a giant market of financial returns. Right. So even when you get in like dude, you know, when you had like all the dude gear and they sponsored yeah. people and you had all that stuff out there yep. and you'd get there and it'd be like, oh, this is a $60 polo. Yeah. And then like they just didn't sell. Right. Because there's not a lot of people in disc golf that are like, yeah, I have $60 I want to spend on a polo. Right. Even like shoes like Solomon or, or um, was it Pat Burke? Shout out yeah. Pat Burke. I saw him in Las Sportivas, and I was instantly like, dude, those are fucking amazing shoes. And he's like, yeah, yeah. they are. And I was yeah. like, yeah, pricey, because Las yes. Sportivas like, never go on sale. Yes. And he was like, yeah, they are, and, and this and that. And I was like, yeah. And when I go out, that's like one thing I always look at is shoes. Weird yep. thing about me, whatever. Yeah. But I was looking at people's shoes, and like 10% of disc golfers I see are wearing shoes that I know are $200. Yeah. That I know are $160, and let's say $160 and more. It's probably 10% yeah. of disc golfers. Yep. Um. So if you wanted to actually make a disc golf shoe, it would definitely be in the $160 and up range. Right. Because the amount of like support, reinforcement, all of that that you'd have to use to make sure like this thing's going to hold up. Yeah. And then a couple different styles. Yeah. Up and then a couple it. different yeah. styles. And you right. can make them sweet and all this other stuff. But you're you're really going to be battling a price point. Yeah. Because how many yeah. people I are know um, Dynamic made disc golf kind of disc golf shoes they're really like they look like old dc shoes yeah that i remember were repurposed those. or whatever they yeah. were like those kind of seem cool but like the color schemes and the design of it was just like uh and i did i just didn't end up getting any and then i heard like they were just falling apart like immensely because yep. like even full price i think they were only like 50 bucks i could have like at the time i was on the team i could get a, get them for 50 percent off yeah and I didn't get any. And like I thought about it, and then it was like, all right, I'm ready to get some. And then already it was like, my shoes are like, it's like they were never sewn together or whatever, yeah. or they were put together with like cat hair or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, and then I got the Latitude shoes, which 
I hated the style of, but they weren't like playing in them didn't feel as bulky as it looked like as you were playing in them. Yeah. Yeah. But those those held up pretty good. But they were still just kind of like chunky for me. Yeah. I don't know. Like But you you like a very yeah. minimal shoe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more of a chunky shoe guy with this golf. Because right. I want all the padding. Right. Yep. Yeah. So So I don't know. There's a lot of design that would have to go into it too initially. So I think a lot of that is that'll just be expensive in doing that. Yeah. And like how many iterations of shoes are you gonna have before you have the shoe or close to the shoe? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and it, what what's your what is you know like it, it's always something that I find funny, you know, like if people like there's people you have a passion for something, right? And then there's like a career. Mm-hmm. And there's people that like, you know, spend a lot of time building up to have this career that's like forty grand a year. Yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, if you're gonna put that much time into it. Right. And you need to actually like have a life and support your life. Like, why wouldn't you put that time towards something that like you would make, you could at least make, you know, like a bunch of money. Yeah. Um, and I think it's the same thing with like businesses, you know, um, if you put a bunch of time into development and building this business and doing all that, you have to look at like, what market are you going into? Even if you got 75% of the market share, like, what does that look like? Yeah. I think like we were talking about before, if there's a quarter million disc golfers, we were looking at more like globally but let's say in the united states you have a quarter million disc golfers mm-hmm. out of those quarter million how many are going to buy a 160 dollar pair of shoes right and how many of those shoes you know what i mean like are you going to sell and then what are you doing mm-hmm. you know because like your cost per shoe goes down by volume what volume are you gonna be able to hit yeah <laughs> you know what i mean i mean like yeah like the most limited edition jordans they're still making more of those than like your full run of disc golf shoes yeah yeah. And then what you're doing full size <laughs> runs, you know, I mean, I don't know. It, yeah. it to me just seems like a really bad business idea. If you were already a shoe company and you could just like grab a couple parts of this shoe, a couple parts of that shoe, a couple parts of this shoe, throw them together and then it'd be like, oh, this is a disc golf shoe. Yeah. Sweet. And then you'd just be keen or any of those other companies and just not say it's a disc golf shoe. So that way you have some product liability yeah. easement or something yeah i wonder if you like could you get away with like if you buy this shit like there's no returns on this because this is designed for disc golf so if it blows out like there's no way for us to decide like if it was faulty or whatever well there's but, there's wearing it out yeah so like the issue with the hiking boot mm-hmm. right is when you would go to return it because it blew out yeah because you were playing disc golf in it yeah is that this boot is made for hiking. It's not made for disc golf. Right. If I took that hiking boot and I hiked a shit ton with it and then I took it back and I was like, this boot's falling apart. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, look at the tread. Like you wore it. It's yeah. lifetime. Like this boot isn't made to last a lifetime. It's made to last X amount of miles or X amount of hiking. Right. So I think with a disc golf shoe, where you would get into is like, no, you wore it out. Yeah. That the, the shoe lasted its lifetime. You yeah. just used its lifetime up in four months. Right. Because you're a hog beast and you put all of your power through your throw onto the front right corner of your shoe. Right. And the shoe, like, there's no shoe made for that. Right. So, I don't know. You'd have some weird thing. But I think, like, you're just setting yourself up to get into some some shit show, I think. Maybe. Yeah. And I think that's why there isn't somebody that does it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, increasing number of players shouldn't payouts get raised. Maybe. I mean, with 
the PDGA and sanctioned events. Mm-hmm. You have X amount of people in one event. You have a hundred people in one event. You have a thousand people in another event, and the the entry fee is the same, but payouts percentage wise stay the same because it's still paying out however deep the pool like i think it's 30 whatever percent down into the pool so even though guy who wins thousand person or person wins thousand person pool versus person who wins the hundred person pool the thousand person pool is getting paid more but i think the percentage stays the same it's just it's deeper here because there's more players and 33 percent of those players of the thousand players versus 33 percent of the hundred players Mm -hmm. so i think they should get paid more but if it's sanctioned the payouts are defined by pdga so i don't know and this was also like a a topic we discussed in previous episodes Mm -hmm. ben um but yeah we we're we're on the same page with you i think payouts should be mass yeah i I think Um, so yeah, payouts, I would look at, you have some balance in terms of like how much are people going to pay to play tournaments Mm -hmm. and then that's going to dictate how much people are going to win at tournaments unless you bring in outside sponsors. Yeah. And so then if you wanted more money in terms of prize money, or if you wanted more people to get paid out, or if you wanted something like that, then you'd have to add some kind of outside sponsorship to the tournament to add cash to do that stuff. And I think you do that by supporting the sponsors that sponsor tournaments and working hard to bring in outside sponsors. Yeah. And, and if you're successful at doing that, then you have bigger payouts. And if you're not successful at doing it, then you don't. Yeah. But I think, you know, you have some fine line of like keeping tournaments full and then maximizing payouts. Mm-hmm. Like I think for not this year, obviously, cause this year was goofy, but the year before, like if all the tournaments in your area are filling up in like, a week you know what i mean like you should i think you should raise the entry yeah you know what i mean like if you're a guy who's putting on eight tournaments a year and like you you open up the first one and that first it's just supply and demand and that first one opens up and it fills in like five days then your next i would just raise the entry fee for the next one yeah and just keep raising it and then eventually like get to some point where like you you know like it's taking a little longer for it to fill yeah, it's taking a little longer yeah. for it to fill and maybe this one didn't quite fill all the way okay so then the yeah. next one's gonna be like a little bit cheaper right you know and just kind of keep it at that because then you're just gonna get more and more serious people involved in it right you know more and more dedicated people involved in it and then you can put on a nicer and nicer tournament for sure and that will kind of like drive things up yeah and you know? that's something that was interesting so uh one of the other things over the weekend rob and i finally were able to connect um and we were talking about the putting league, yeah. the virtual putting league, basically, and getting a breakdown for that. And that was something where it's like, how can we break it down to where like payouts make sense to where like the percentage of like, if I were in this position or if basically anyone were in this position, I'm trying to think of like how they would feel about it. But the person who wins gets the biggest chunk. I mean, obviously because they're winning, but also like, how it's broken down. So if what I was wanting was first place basically gets like 40% of this pot or whatever. And then, then it breaks down into like small, like significantly smaller chunks, but like second place is still getting like a good chunk of that money of the pool that's left. 
and then the rest the, at the very minimum you're getting your money back yeah because there's been times where it's like i play and i'm literally like straight up losing money like i'm cashing but i'm not even getting like i've paid 60 bucks to get in and i get 40 or whatever yeah. yeah and it's just like i don't know about you but for me i would rather just not have made cash other or like if i'm making last cash i feel like last cash should just be entry feedback yeah like no harm no foul good try bro instead of like i just didn't make cash because even then like that's more irritating than just not cashing to me um so we we're going through we did it like we were talking for a couple hours like kind of spitballing ideas but like i think the biggest part instead of running it because i think how everything's ran the point system and everything makes total sense it's super easy everyone seems to enjoy it so far it's just getting like a structure put together and rob actually sent one over this morning um of like a nice excel sheet of uh 32 people and i think 32 person bracket is like the most that i'm willing to do i think that's a good number yeah um anything more than that would be just be kind of like excess if the demand's there for it i think totally um i think 32 is just like the right number and then less than that it gets broken down into different brackets and then the possibility of doing like double elimination instead of single elimination which is going to give players more chances to win this but maybe those are more money to do or whatever it is that's going yeah. on so i like even while you're taking your second pee break I, I messaged on discord real quick to see like who's interested what the ideal time is for you whether you're on east coast or west coast and then um like if you're gonna get like other people involved or whatever and like immediately a bunch of people are like yeah i'm in i'm in i'm in i haven't seen yet about what time but i'm guessing probably like six six thirty ish is probably like a good time to have the league start in, in your time zone and then if i run it um like weekly like is there two days in the week or one day in the week uh like if it's one day in the week do i do an earlier one for people on the east coast like yeah. at six thirty, and then later on in the day when, when it's six thirty for people in california and it's uh like nine thirty for me I'm cool with it because I'm just sitting there and whatever. It doesn't matter if it's dark out or not. And I'm running it for them. Then I've run two putting leaks in one day. And then do I do that once a week or, or do I break it up to where like Monday's East Coast and Wednesday's West Coast? Um, and then obviously if you want to, if you're in Michigan, but you want to play on the West Coast one because you want an opportunity, you got to know that it's going to be on their time. So if you're upset that it's dark out for you, yeah, you can't be because you, you know, you're playing a West coast event, um, which is something that like we've run into. Like some guy is like, basically this fucking sucks and yada, yada, yada. And I asked him like what happened. And like the very brief was like, uh, and it wasn't even him answering me. It was like, I replied to him saying like this wasn't set up right this that whatever and like it's dark out and yada 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 but like my retort to that was i knew he was on in the east coast and we were on west coast time so like you gotta know like your time zones and like i found it a lot of people don't really know like kind of where not that where time zones are at but like how they work kind of yeah like if you're on like mountain time and you're in michigan like i don't know what that difference is so i just go on google and i'm like what time is it in montana or what time is mountain time right now yeah and it's like an hour it's an hour or two at most whatever it is i forget 
And I was like, okay, so now I just have to pretend like I'm living in an hour earlier or whatever. Yeah. And then we just go from there, um, which is hard for some people, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's math. Yeah. And then like the other thing it was just being more, um, and this will be easier to manage like when I'm doing it. Cause there was like three people trying to do stuff and people would post on disc golf scene X information and then stuff's wrong. And I don't realize that that's up on there. Cause I'm, I used to go on disc golf scene all the time and I didn't really do it then. And then I didn't like the information was hidden. So the ability to update that information just to keep everything running. So ultimately the hardest part is making sure everything's like up to date and I'm like super stoked that it'll happen. So like I'm starting to reach out and see like who's going to be interested, what time it is and just start kind of get the ball rolling for something like that. Cause it's starting to become time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and either way, unless you're going to do it in the middle of the afternoon or in, in like the morning here, it's going to be dark anyway. Right. Right. Yeah. Even if you started at 3.30 now. Right. If it takes you an hour and a half, you're going to be putting in the dark at the end anyways. Right. So you're probably putting indoors. Yeah. With if you light. have the space. And that's, that's going to be another thing too is what does that look like? Like w if we kept it at the same system now, would you still do it or would it have to be like a station less? Um and then points are more because how it's set up now, a perfect game is a hundred, which I think is sweet. I think it's nice, clean, whatever. And then, and that's up to what distance? It's fifteen feet to thirty-five. Okay. Um, so just kind of depending. I'm just gonna start again, like taking a consensus and see like what it is kind of across the board. Because if everybody's like, yeah, I can't fit thirty-five feet in my basement. Otherwise, I would do it. Then it would be rethinking. Right the system of, in which it's done because then if because they're like man if they can do it but i'm just not and i'm i'm the reason why they're not doing it maybe we just change it up for that and just have a different system for that yeah yeah but i don't know it seems exciting makes sense yeah so why aren't more local events live streamed and with ads we did talk about this before but to answer your question ben there's a lot of manpower involved a lot of cameras involved a lot of stuff involved versus like UFC, uh, volleyball, hockey, football, where everything's stationary. And I don't know if you know, disc golf doesn't have a lot of money, <laughs> like unless you're a manufacturer. And even then, I think just relatively like Discraft versus Wilson, I think their incomes are slightly different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and for the most part, your live streams and post-production work and everything are done by that company, funded by that company, and then they're looking to make their money on the backside of it in terms of views and ad revenue and stuff from whatever platform that they're putting it up on. Um, and so I guess the uh, local people who would be equipped mm -hmm. to do that don't think that it would be financially advantageous for them or a good use of their time to do that to then create a product because they don't think they're going to get money out of it. Yeah. That's it. That's the easy answer. Yeah. I think it, why aren't more local events covered, I think could be totally viable. Yeah. Like going and doing post-production, whichever, like I've done events here in Michigan a couple of times, just like on my own, not getting paid for it besides Amnats. Um, I think that could be done more. I just think the, the want to do it or the know how to do it, um, there are more companies like disc golf companies popping up like gatekeeper ace run pro or newer guys that are kind of coming around and doing their thing which is sweet um we just need more of that kind of like 
across the board because if you want jomez to come do an event here in michigan well you have to pay them and i know they're not cheap to like have them come out so if you want their production you have to pay for it or you're just banking on local guys to do it so if we had more companies in said state like why aren't more done in texas well i think you just need local guys that are willing to do that same with michigan or whatever yeah yeah so it'd be sweet to have more come out um but also then you're risking like if you have whoever in wisconsin do it it's like if it's the same as central coast or jomez production quality sweet that's not typically the case though because there are little guys who do it as well and i turned it off because i can't watch it yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah diy practice basket at home um i think a box like if you had to go like super cheap and you needed something for like target practice yeah go to home depot and just buy like a big movers box and cut like a decent size hole out of it you can put some blankets and pillows in there and then set it up on a chair is like a real quick something like i don't have a couple hundred bucks to go buy an actual practice basket um and it's pretty easy to just break down and whatever set up yeah uh i know jared did that for a while too when he didn't have a practice basket he set up a box on a chair with pillows and was just like this thing's pretty fucking sweet you don't get the satisfaction of chains or anything but you do get to putt and you do get to do it indoors and not really bother anybody yeah, I would say yeah. if you're going to do it indoors, um, you know, a sheet would be super easy. Yeah. Just nail a sheet up. Yeah. Draw your basket or target or whatever it is you want on there. Yeah. And then uh, if you miss the target, it'll still catch the disc. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about like slamming into your walls or making a bunch of noise and yep. then just dial into being able to hit that thing. Yeah. Or even play like tic-tac-toe or something yeah. or like make it into a game. Like, yeah. There's all sorts of things. Yeah, and if you're going to actually, like, make a basket basket that you wanted to do, um, yeah, I just think, like, PVC or, you know, any number of things that are, like, easily assembled that you don't have to do, like, a bunch of cutting and screwing and all that stuff. I'm sure you could make something pretty relatively easy with it, Yeah, you know? Yeah, and even with that, like, I think you're going to spend more money or relatively the same amount of money as you would if you were to just buy, like, the portable basket from almost any other company. Yeah. Or the, Cause they're not crazy expensive. And or then or the with, Costco basket. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then um, like a quick hack with that, because maybe it's too noisy, literally putting a whatever on the pole. Like you got this disc catcher here, and I have the same one, and I know we talked about this, but I wrap a towel around the pole because all the noise comes from the chains hitting the pole, and that's it. Yeah. So if they're hitting just a blanket that's just dampening all the sound, like I can throw drives into the basket basically. And as long as I'm hitting the chains, it's not making any noise. And then the basket and everything else doesn't rattle so much Yeah. Um, at all. So like people sleeping, they're safe asleep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you fish out discs? Uh, I use sticks. Yeah. I have not invested in any golden retriever, gator, whatever else they have out there i've used them and i get them and i i appreciate them but i've just used sticks always yeah and like the only time that i wish i had anything else is like the random couple times where it's like there's literally fucking nothing around to fish it out with and i'm pretty like it's a lot easier for me to just use a stick yeah like when dan and kyle lose it like i get 
really frustrated really fast because they're really bad at fishing it out and then they never get the opportunity to get better at it because i just do it for them because yeah. i don't want them to lose their disc when i could just so easily get it for them um but if i could have like a random mangled stick that was like compact and could like expand i would have that yeah <laughs> yeah i use the uh, i use the stick yeah 90 percent of the time and only when i absolutely have to do i use the golden retriever yeah and uh, I just don't like using the golden retriever because <laughs> you got to undo it I gotta and undo, rewind it up. I got to undo all the string and then like I'm super OCD about putting it back. So yeah. then like it takes me like to get because I just like the string being flat on the golden retriever. I don't like right. it being all like wound up. Yeah. Um. So then it takes me like a while for it to wind back right. up and all that. It's just kind of because you also you have like a hundred feet on your. No, mine no? mine just has the standard string. Okay. Um, I always think I'm going to change it, but I never do. Yeah. I have the backup string here, the one like that you can add to it to make the extra. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty good with the golden retriever. I've gotten some really sweet saves. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I prefer the stick just because like I can do it. I can get it out. You know what I mean? Most of the time I can do it with that where I end up using the golden retrievers. If it's farther out, I know I can't get there with a stick or, um, like if where the water is, is well below my feet. Yeah. So like at Mott, like where I'm standing to where the water is, is a good drop off. And yeah. my ability to like get down there, hold on to something so I'm not falling in and then maneuver a stick to get the disc is like, okay, but then how the fuck am I going to pick the disc up? Yeah. Like even if I get it over to the shore, now what? Yeah. So then like the golden retriever works. Yeah. So I'll use that. Yeah. And it like if I had to pick one of those over the stick, I think it'd be the gator for yeah. sure. Cause that's more of like a, your grabs it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think there's some sort of design out there that's just going to be, like, the shit. Yeah. Because, like, I've thought about getting just those extendo poles that's just, like, the little bit thick. Because those, as soon as it gets, like, however long it gets, it starts being real flimsy real fast. And yeah. it just basically becomes useless. Um, yeah, like it's like a car antenna. Yeah, exactly. Where like, it's, like, it's long enough to, like, touch it, but yeah. moving it is basically impossible because the stagnant water is too strong for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's this the weapons grade gravity that's yeah. holding my disc down there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh is yeah, it's just the stuff that's out now, not that it's bad, but it's just for me not good enough for me to invest in it. Yeah. I love the Golden Retriever. I think it's such a slick design. Yeah. Such a simple idea. And the reality is there's only a couple of things that really fuck you if you want to use it. Yeah. But for the most part, you can still then use it to knock it out of whatever it's wedged in and then get yeah. it to a place to where you can use it. Yep. And it's, then same for me, it's like the winding it back up is like the more annoying part because yep. i'll like i'll eventually even if i just roll it up all willy-nilly i'll go back and undo it and then do it again and i think that just that weird time consumption there is just yep Mine... i could have just found the stick fished it out like first try yep. and then just leave the stick there for somebody else to use yep yeah mine is when i'm at a tournament someone throws their disc in the water i know it's too far out to use a stick and then i just <laughs> turn to them and i'm like do you have a golden retriever? And they're like, nope. And I'm like, and I then I'll wait. One. I'll just wait till everybody else is like, oh, I forgot mine. Oh, I don't. And then I'm like, I got one. Yeah. Then I unwind it. <laughs> I inevitably use it myself because I'm good with it. And I don't want to like, yeah. and I've seen people throw them in, which is the funniest shit. Oh, like string and all? Yeah. Because yeah. they're like, the string slips through their hands or whatever. Yeah. So I'll like fish it out, give it to them. Like, oh, thanks. I'm like, oh, yeah, no problem. And yeah. then I'll just wind it up to put it away. And then like two holes later, whenever we get to a backup, then I'll like pull it out and redo yeah. it and whatever pro tip if you're going to use a golden retriever take the very end of the string and wrap it around your finger on your opposite hand yes. and just hold it yes 
you will never fucking lose it unless you like rocket it yeah and it rips your finger off <laughs> yeah probably won't um yeah, probably not favorite slash feet least favorite courses to play yeah um i don't know at this point my favorite course to play is probably hunt's hideaway I would say of the courses that I drive to that I play, my favorite one to play that I get the most excited to go play that whatever is probably Hunts. Yeah. I really like the layout of the course. I think it's got a good rhythm to it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's fun. It's not a course that I've played a ton, you know? Um, yeah. And I like it. There's enough variety of shots. Everything's pretty fair. The baskets are good. You know, all that. Yeah. It's always well-maintained when I'm out there. Yeah. And I think that was a big thing you got was the variety of shots. Yeah, where you're not just going to firefighters and you're throwing the same like maybe we're desensitized because we've played it so many times, but it's not very demanding and you're throwing basically the same kind of shots over and over and over, which is which are the annoying like deuce or die courses is kind of what they're labeled as. Yeah, as to where hunts like you have placement golf, like wide open shots that you can really rip one out. You have real technical lines. I, like, I yeah. like the tee pads. Yeah. 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 For I'm sure. not going to hurt myself. Yes. Yeah. There's yeah. nowhere that I'm going into that's like all thorns for no reason. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like it's just enjoyable to play. Yeah. There's a subway not too far away. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> yeah. I can go to Meyer in a mad dash if I need to. Yeah, exactly. Least favorite courses to play. Um, I'm going to, I'm just going to say in terms of like play wise, it just gets into course maintenance. Yeah. Um, in yeah. terms of like setup wise for the course, there's just a handful of courses. I can't like, I don't want to isolate one out, but there's more than a handful of courses where it's just the same shot over and over and over again. Yeah. And like for me, I'm just like, okay, cool. I got it. I, yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. Yep. Got yeah. it. Like I understand. All right. Cool. Yeah. Um, or a course that I'm going to go out and I'm going to use four discs. Yep. Like then I'm just like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The biggest, I can get over um deuce or die courses that are like kind of the same shot over and over if they're maintained really well the one that and we've talked about it however many times now already where it's like if it it, it could be a nice ish layout of the course like kensington not just kensington there's multiples um but it's so annoying like just wears you down just because of the maintenance or lack thereof significantly where it's just like, I just don't want to play even I've gone out there. I can play the longs. I'm skilled enough to like manage these longer shots, but I choose to play the shorts just because there's less likelihood of like, I'm just playing to the short pad anyways from the long yeah because I'm just going to play a placement shot. So I might as well just play from there because the real way that I want to play the longs is just way too risky because even landing relatively good or even like perfect in the fairway is just going to be a shit show trying to just find your disc yep yeah so that's that's yeah way up there on the list for me yeah another one is just thorns yeah right that like too. that's one that gets like annoying so like you know you go play stony i can play stony blue all day yeah no matter where i land there's a couple of spots that i might get like ah oh, shit that got me and yeah. then you go and play stony green and there's like six holes where like yeah. both sides are just all thorns and it's yep. like okay I, I can understand like getting punished for like not landing on the fairway and for being off the fairway and things being thick and oh i can't really get out of here and you have to pitch out or something like that but there's another thing for like i'm five feet off the fairway i have a wide open shot and no matter how i stand at my disc i'm just accepting the reality that i'm gonna have like four things like a quarter of an inch into my thigh yep 
or my calf or my hand or like and it's just like yeah or you throw a shot and you just like rip skin off your body yeah like when really it's like i'm just playing the casual round like yeah i don't, I don't, I don't need to donate blood <laughs> yeah. like yeah so that those are kind of the things that get to me and for that it's, it's any number of courses fall into that and it kind of rotates throughout the year mm-hmm. i mean there's courses that i go that i just don't enjoy playing because i think the shots are lame like yeah. i think like the, the course is set up for someone other than me it's set up for a different skill set than what I'm playing. Yeah. If it's a, a, a course that's set up, like I find a value in it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they're like, this is the first year I played Willow. And like, I really like that course. Yeah. There's a bunch of stuff that that course makes you work on. Yeah. And there's a bunch of stuff like there's a value in going out there to play. I would take a specific bag, take specific discs and play like Willow a whole bunch. Cause I think it's going to make me a better disc golfer. Yeah. Lions Den, same thing. Completely different course, completely different setup, completely different whatever. There's value in going out there and playing it. Yeah. And like, they're two absolutely polar opposite courses, but both of them are going to help me work on specific stuff. I can get into it for the day, be like, yeah, let's go do that and go out and do it. I know what I'm getting into. I get out there and do it. There's other courses like you go out and play and you're just like, all right. Yeah. Like all that this course is going to make me better at is playing this course. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? There's plenty of those courses where it's like, Oh, all right. You know, uh, so now I can throw this shot, which I'll throw the next time I play here. Yep. And never again. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't like those courses. I don't know. Like I, I never really like to trash anything on here specifically. So I don't, I don't know if I'd name like one course, but there's different times throughout the year that like, there's a handful of courses that I just totally don't enjoy playing because the maintenance is just such dog shit. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's number one for a lot of disc golfers because it's easier for somebody building a disc golf course versus a traditional golf course, the standards are different, like vastly different what it takes to be able to play yeah. ball golf versus what it takes to play disc golf. And in disc golf, a lot of it seems to be like, yeah, if we just cut out a couple of trees and just like throw some flags on the ground, a basket over there and a sleeve, and there's a way to kind of get there, it's a disc golf hole. I yeah. mean, technically, yes, you're right. But if you're a good and or great, course designer for disc golf you're gonna do all the extra stuff that's gonna make it an act like a really nice one one that that a lot of people are going to appreciate because wow they took the time to clear all this stuff out that doesn't need to be there like can we play the whole width there yeah totally but aesthetically it's more pleasing to have not all this shit in the way that doesn't make sense to have like these the tree pubes that i always talk about like why can't you just like cut the stuff around the tree you can keep the tree there um and like taking the thorns out like that makes total sense like instead of them being way up into the fairway if you're in the thorns you're like you throw a really bad shot yeah not like i could like if these thorns weren't here i could manage getting it to the basket but the biggest like adversity isn't getting to the basket it's getting to the basket with these thorns in my side with my skin yeah Yeah. exactly and then it's annoying because it's like you're taking a bogey on a shot where it's like, well, I could have got out there, but I just didn't want to rip my, I didn't want to donate all this blood or right. whatever. Yeah. So what would your favorite course to play be? I mean, Hunts is up there yeah, for sure. Um, just for the same thing, like all the variety. Like I, I just, I think that's it for a lot of people having variety. I don't have like, there's courses like Toboggan where a lot of it is just wide open. You get to throw it basically as far as you can still play placement golf. That's some of my, favorite golf to play is placement because that seems more skilled um 
and you have more thought going into it where you're like, I'm trying to land in here to be able to throw this shot to get to the basket versus, well, the basket's reachable and it's not super hard, but it's kind of hard to get there. And then every hole's like that. And then it kind of becomes like this weird deuce or die course. Um, but then there's like rolling hills I like a lot too, where it's more technical, wooded. You have longer shots in there. And then kind of like the par threes that are birdieable, you have a lot that are longer that you're still kind of playing placement on because taking a par on there is really good. And then a lot of people are going to bogey it. And then the people that birdie it are risking a lot and throwing a really good shot to get there. And it's like, what are you going to do? Like, right. yeah, I don't know. I, en- I enjoy rolling hills quite a bit. Um, and then Lakeshore has its opportunities. Like, I think, again, like we've talked about, it's going out there and playing the original course is that wide open, whatever. And it kind of gets all this trash, at least from like my group of friends and people I hear it's not their favorite, which I totally understand. But the new course that's in, I actually like a lot. Yeah. There's a couple holes that are kind of weird. Um, the tee shot I really like. And then like the second shot is just kind of like, they just slapped it in there or whatever. And then there's some that are just really sweet. Like they took the time to do it. Even like the little holes that are, um, it's not that they're unfair. I think they're totally fair. I think it just forces you to have to have really dialed in control on this distance, on this line at whatever speed you need to get it there. Yeah. Um, which those holes are the ones that Kyle and Dan, and I think even Fred like really dislike, but I think they might have like slightly less skill in managing something like that. I don't, I don't want to speak for them, but that's just my guess, but I like them. So sounds good. Yeah. Seems legit. Have you seen Dave Dunapace's beard? Dude, it's wicked. Have you seen it? No, I was watching, uh, uh, the Arkansas tournament or whatever. And there was an Innova ad and he was throwing a sidearm and it's like, Johnny McRae's beard times like four. Really? Yeah, it's nutty. Yeah, I, I was just randomly doing like I was watching it while I was writing all this down in my binder, and then I was like, "Holy shit!" I'm just gonna ask like, "That's a good one." <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't. Yeah, seen it's it. wicked. I love uh, I love listening to him talk though. Yeah, he's, su- he's such an interesting guy. Yeah, because he also has the thing of like, you know, I invented disc golf. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> you know, a little bit. It's like, whatever. Yeah. You have a podcast question. No. Uh, Super Sisters. <laughs> yes, we do have a podcast. Yeah, you're listening. We're to on it. it right now. Thanks, Titus. Super Sisters. Yeah. What? The Mandujano Sisters, Val and Alexis. Yes. So I don't know how much you watch Paul's YouTube channel, mm-hmm. but he recently did um, him and his brother John versus these sisters. I don't remember where it was at, um, but they're really fucking good like i watched i watched the whole thing and just the whole time i was just watching them and it was like not that i'm not impressed with the other ladies that are out there but the level at which they're like controlling their discs and how they're doing it and their transfer of what they're doing into the disc it's like if they keep at it they're going they are going to be really good like the thing on the thumbnail was like are these the best siblings out there or whatever yeah how old are they i don't know early 20s probably okay yeah then they just don't tour I don't think so. Yeah, because I've never heard of them until yeah, I've never this. Heard of them. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I know uh, Val is the better one by stats. Um, she's got a ton of the wins this year. Like she won uh, 
I think she it was Texas State Championships. I don't remember. All I know when I looked up their stats is like Alexis had a bunch of like top fives, a couple out of top five, and then Val had one, 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 two, three, one, 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 two, yeah. five, eight, whatever the hell. It's like okay, like seems legit. They've been playing for about seven years each, um, and their form is just awesome. And then they're putting too. Like I, that was the first thing I noticed was their throw, obviously, but how awesome and efficient it was and then next was like what's their putt look like like does it just kind of dog shit or yeah do, is all they got his teeth no they have like all of it is actually awesome and they played shorts so everybody's got a chance like they're not getting out advantaged by paul because he can throw however far he can yeah um and it's actually like pretty close it was really entertaining to watch and i was just impressed by yeah i think it's funny when, when i play a tournament with somebody that i don't know I've never seen play before. And you yeah. seem like rip off the tee pad. Yeah. My first thought is like, what's this putt going to look like? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's sweet. You got that, but yeah, let's see the yeah. putt. Yeah. 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 Specifically. I, re- I remember a tournament at, at Lakeshore that was like, it was the only tournament going on and I wanted to play something and it was me, Ben and some guy. I don't, I feel like I've told you this story before. Um, but on hole one, there's the spike hyzer line on the right side. Yeah. And then you just like, if you get it the right height, right speed or whatever, and you just barely miss the pine tree, you'll be right there. And he like almost aced the dog shit out of it. It's like, oh, like, I'm not just going to come out here and like easily win. Like right. this guy can do whatever. And then uh, we got to hole two and he threw the same shot. And then, because like there he was parked. So I didn't know like what his putt looked like. I was like, all right, we'll see when, whatever. And then we get to hole two and he threw that same spike hyzer. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you just throw like, I don't know, to go farther, I guess. Right, a flex shot or something. Yeah. yeah. And, and then he threw a spike hyzer and then he threw a spike hyzer and then he threw a spike hyzer and then he went to go putt and then he missed that putt. And then I think he missed the putt again. And then I was like, okay, I have like nothing to right. worry about right like, you have this sweet spike hyzer like dialed in and then everything else is just kind of like weird and then uh like after the first round i was leading by a couple strokes and then i got real lax during the second round <laughs> yeah and the dude was like catching up to me i was like oh i should probably like not phone it in for like the last six holes or whatever and yeah. i was able to like squeak it out but that was one of those that was funny that was uh oh shit and i was like oh okay <laughs> I, i've played a tournament uh, i'm not going to use names because i don't like to but i played yeah. a tournament where like i saw someone rip off the t-pad and i was like oh, okay cool let's see the putt yeah. and then the putt was pretty good and i was yeah. like ah oh, fuck yeah like all right let's do this and then the issue became fucking uh decision making oh yeah, yeah. oh man it's <laughs> like the skill set <laughs> was there and i was like oh fuck man this is gonna be tricky and like i was playing pretty well um you know, like it was pretty well. Like dude could definitely outdrive me. Mm-hmm. And putting, like, I was probably a little bit better on the putting side of it. But it was like, you know, it was, I was like, fuck, you know, like I'm going to have to really do this today to like do well. Yeah. And, uh, and then like, it was like the fifth hole in, it was at States. Okay. And, uh, there wasn't really anything. How off. many years ago? Four. Okay. I think it was like four years ago. And, uh, there wasn't really anything open to the right. And they're like, I'm going to throw the hyzer line. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then, like, dude, like, ran up and threw some fucking shot. And it was like, I have no idea where that went. Yeah. Like, I don't know how we're even going to fucking find that disc. Yeah. And then uh, that one went kind of shitty, right? So I made up, like, a couple, well, I took, like, a couple strokes on that hole. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, like, that's that. And then 
he got pissed off because that shot didn't land on the fairway. And we were all like, everyone on the card was like, what? Yeah. Like, dude, that was never going to land on the fairway. And it was like, well, this one time, you know, whatever. We're like, okay, cool, whatever. And then after that, like, he repeated that situation during the round like a couple of times. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. It's good that you're not, like, reasonable. Yeah. Because if you were reasonable, you'd be, like, you know, really a contender. Yeah. Instead, you're just, like. Doing weird shit. Fucking spaz. Like, I don't even know what you're doing, you know. That's funny. Yeah, that was pretty funny because I was like, all right, well, that's it. Have you played with them since then? Or was that, like, the only instance of you playing with them? I've been at tournaments that he's at, but I have not been on this card. Okay. So So you don't know if he's gotten better with it? I have not. Okay. I have not. Interesting. But I did (laughs) I did play with him one other time after that, and it was the same thing. But it was, like, the next year. Because that was States at the end of the year, and then the next year, like, earlier in the year, I played with him. Right. And it was the same. So thing. yeah, and it wasn't very long from right the two. Right, yeah. right, right. He didn't like go home that winter and like you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stop throwing dumb shots. Yeah, yeah. He didn't. He didn't. Yeah, get to or point. like I get one around, and yeah. if it works, I get another. But if this doesn't work, I don't get any more. Right. Yeah. It was more like I'm going to be Simon. Yeah. Yeah. Without yeah. the skill set. <laughs> but all right, craziest lie. Yeah. So PDGA has a bunch of pictures on their um, on their site like a long list of people's like weirdest lies. And a lot of it's kind of like where do you, you'd expect, but I've seen a couple interesting ones. Um, and if I, I'm not lazy, I'll put some on here so you guys can see. Yeah. Uh, there was one that was really cool that this guy landed on like, uh, not a tree stump, but the roots of the tree. Like it was so eroded that all the, the things were out and there was like a knuckle sticking out by like probably four inches and the disc landed perfectly on the nipple on the bottom and it was just balanced. Yeah, it was really fucking sweet. And then you got one like stuff that's like in trees, wedged in between trees, um, th- it like stuck up really high. I don't know. Did you see Ben Calloway's that was stuck in the phone pole, like in between like the, I think it's the foothold on the telephone pole. Like it was a nuke wedged up in there, but it was like cradling it. Mm-mm. I don't know. It was really interesting looking. Um, so I had two. My most recent one was at uh, Bluegill. Have you played bluegill? Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Okay. So there's a little hole, um, tunnel shot, and it's probably 275. Then you have a dead tree, three, like three quarters of the way down, and then it like has this weird opening. It looks really fucking cool. And <laughs> I throw a turnover and I hit a tree on the right side and it pops it up and then it hits another tree and then it just lands in the top to where like you can't really see it but like from one certain angle or whatever and how long it took to get out of there because of the weirdness of how it was in because it wasn't wedged it was just laying in a tree stump but up high took a while to get out i was able to get it back but now it's lost at ledgestone yeah (laughs) was the yellow mercy and then uh forever ago at when i lived in texas at zilker i think it was hole five it's like this um, tee shot to the basket. It's kind of like a valley. You have a wall of trees, again, like three quarters of the way down. And you can either go like down and through or you can go up high and over. But there's telephone lines there too. And the low line that was like the two fat wires, I smoked it and my disc got wedged in between both telephone wires. Didn't get it back. It no. was a, it was a, like a nice green blue swirly T Rex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. yeah, gone. Like not gone, but gone. Yeah, you're not gonna <laughs> throw rocks at that. No, no, no. I I tried. Yeah, I, I've hit it. Like I hit it solid a couple times. 
no. wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> I have two that come to mind. One is when we went to go play that tournament. Um, it was like the first tournament we ever played together, I think, where we went out and I finished second. And I got all those, like, I got the stools. Was oh, that, yeah. Remember yeah, yeah. that? Yeah. That was the Hunt's other course. Yeah. What yeah. I can never remember the name of that course. Yeah. But I had one that day where, like, I threw my buzz and it literally stuck in between those two trees. Like, was I on the card? Yeah. It was like 35 feet in the air. Just went and just stuck there. I, I want to say, like, I kind of remember. And then I knocked it out. Like, I put uh, a, I ended up marking it behind it and then I threw up and yeah. I knocked it out. It yeah. sounds so familiar. Yeah. Like, first round, I, yeah. I went right by there. And then the second round, I went and got stuck in there. It was yeah. like the 17th hole or something. It was like towards the end of the round. It was like the 16th or 17th okay. hole. Um, where you kind of threw back up by the pavilion where like Mark was sitting in the pavilion over there yeah. and then you kind of come up back from behind after the diamond hole. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. diamond hole. Then you play back out and around yep. and then you're coming back in by the pavilion. Yeah. yeah. And there's like two holes in a row that you throw from here and then you throw from there. And it was, I think it was like the first of those two and it like, yeah, yeah. It was my, uh, <laughs> orange, like first run TI buzz. Yeah. Boom right in there That's like hilarious. it was a perfect like it was disc width in between the trees and it just like went that sounds so i wish i could like actually remind it but it sounds so familiar yeah it was sweet God damn it. and the other one i had was a practice round i played at cast or just a casual round i played at cast but by myself it was like three years ago four years ago and it was hole eight so the one where you kind of like it's like the longer hole you know what i'm talking about yeah a after the one that you aced yes with uh Fred's disc. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> so I came <laughs> I came up there and I went to go throw a flex with my rampage. Yeah. And slipped on the T pad, pulled it to the right, and then like I didn't know where it went. Yeah. And I looked for like forty five minutes, couldn't find it, and my disc had actually gone like into the tree. So it was actually yeah. like inside of yeah. the tree. And like I just found <laughs> like I had given up and then like I was walking around and I literally like saw it. And I was like, fuck. I played the rest of the round and then came back. And when yeah. I came back, like, I was like, it's got to fucking be here somewhere. And then I saw it <coughs> in the tree. That's hilarious. I have to pee again. Oh, my gosh. Dude, I'm cold. What? That doesn't make sense. Welcome to Intermission. Yeah. Intermission. And we're back. No, I, no, I, we're not. No, I, we're not. I'm back. And I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm on the Discord figuring out what people are saying. Nice. Yeah, because a lot of people are saying, well, it's going to get dark early and blah, blah, blah. The, the time should probably be set. So everybody is playing in the dark. Which, I don't know, maybe. Did they not have I flashlights? Think. Oh, I used my flashlight yeah. for a strobe light. Did you? People were over dancing. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and their response was, God, that thing's bright. And I was like, <laughs> it is big, isn't it? <laughs> it was sweet. It was sweet. That it, flashlight's so cool. It was the exact oh result I was looking for. Yeah. yeah. God, that thing's bright. Yes. Thank you. Yes, it is. It is very bright. So, yeah. Nailed it. Cool. Yeah. Uh, um, 
What else? You got something else or no? I don't know. Did you literally take a pee break just so we can come back and just say bye, everybody? No. Okay. I took a pee break. I was trying to hold out. Yeah. I was like, I can, <laughs> I, make, I can make it to the end. I could see the suffering. You get a little more squirmy, yeah. a little more I left or right. I couldn't make it. Yeah. I couldn't make it. Okay. Um. So next week, what I wanted to do is I wanted to get, like at some point during this week or whatever, after Wednesday's workout or Friday or whatever, is get the list of all the courses within the driving distance for the yeah, JMA team. Yeah, I was going to say that too, actually. And then I was going to also propose, um, let's start figuring out what hole one is as well. Yeah. that Because like, it doesn't have to be all done at once, and it can be like a, a group thing, including you guys, because you guys are a part of this. Um, let's come to a consensus what hole one is. And if it ends up just being us figuring that out, fine. Whatever. Yeah. Um, again, Discord. I'm going to make you download Discord because yeah. you, you need to be a part of it. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted to do that. And then Rob, I think, is also kind of working on that as well. Yeah. Because um, he was showing me some stuff that he's doing. It's funny like how fast he whips stuff together in Excel. He's a wizard in Excel. Ninja. I watched him in, yeah. in the process of it, and it was just hilarious. Because it's like all these things are like uh, his subconscious. It was toward me. It's like I have to like focus on it to like figure it out yeah <laughs> it's it's just so funny so yeah having him as a friend and a guy who's got all these tools thanks so if rob was a band member on metalocalypse metal yeah <laughs> right then like he could literally just like hook a guitar up to excel and just like play a solo and it would be like a whole spreadsheet right what was his what would his stage name in metalocalypse be oh my god I don't know. I, I don't, don't either. I don't think about that. I don't either. I don't know. This show's so good. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> it's so good. I forgot about its existence <laughs> until you played that last week, and then I was like, oh yeah. I can remember sitting in New York, broke, <laughs> obviously, sitting in like Katie's living room on her like red leather couch with her, and uh, it just being hot. Because yeah. there's no central air. There's yeah. no such thing. <laughs> so we had like the one window air conditioner, but like it's, you're on the fifth floor of this building. Yeah. It's fucking hot. And just sitting there like in shorts, no t-shirt on the couch, <laughs> just sticking to this couch, sweating, drinking like <laughs> shitty forties. Oh God. And like splitting the world, you know, like the little metal bowl. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? The yeah. little like shitty metal one? Yeah. Yeah, just splitting like the world's smallest bowl. Oh Smoking cigarettes, acting tough, watching Metalocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> this show is so good. It's so good. Oh my God. But yeah, he would, yeah. Yeah. He would take the show. Yeah. Just, <laughs> and it'd just be like a perfect spreadsheet. And you're like, yeah. Okay, cool. That works. <laughs> perfect spreadsheet. Yeah, I don't know what his uh, Metalocalypse name would be, but yeah. definitely. Uh, Rob, what would your Metalocalypse name be? Excel is his superpower, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, by far. And then I, I also figured out, because I, I, I've never been a part of, as I said before, doing this type, like, TDing, really. Yeah. And then that forced me into the world of brackets. And yeah. I didn't really, like, I kind of understood them, but I never have had really been a part of them. And then at Putting League, I just let people do whatever. So, like, I just, I trust what you say, so I'm just going to roll with it. I never, like, had any intention of, like, how it actually works. Yeah. Um. So now I have, like, a lot better understanding of how things kind of break down and, um, the biggest thing was the pay structure because, oh, again, having it, you'd rather have last cash be a little more than entry fee than a little less. Um, so Rob was able to help me out with that, which yeah. was sweet. So, yeah. Yeah. When we were trying to put the, 
the details of the league together. Like Rob was really good at knocking out all that stuff with the payouts would be how all that stuff would go. Yeah. Yeah. That that's yeah, he's really, really good at that stuff. Yeah. I just thought of another question for the board yeah. that's not on the board. If you could have a dramatic improvement in one part of your game, what would it be? Hmm. And what, so like I would say, like I look at disc golf as like this big long board and all these different pegs, right? Like the 20 skills you need to be a, an amazing disc golfer. Yeah. And then you're constantly like moving some pegs forward. And while you're doing that, like other pegs are moving backwards and you're just trying to like. Yeah. Shimmy them all <laughs> up. Just yeah. trying to keep everything yeah. moving yeah. up. But if you could take one peg and let's say move it like two holes up. Yeah. Without anything else. Yeah. Without any other things falling back. You're, yeah. You're, it's just a free like two hole movement. Let's yeah. Say. Well, let's just say you could, you could even split it up. You can move two things, one peg, or one thing, two pegs. What would it be? Hmm. And what does that translate to you? Like moving something two pegs. Like for me, if I'm 80% in circle one and 25% in circle two, moving it two pegs would be 90% in circle one and 30, 35% in circle two. Yeah. That would be like moving it two pegs. Yeah. Um, for me, I'd probably do two things moving up one peg. Okay. One being more consistency in my release of my sidearm. So it's less dicey. Yeah. Uh, and then the other being slightly more accurate in my jump putts. Because yeah. like they're all just right fucking there. But it's like just off enough because it's like it's always too high or too low or whatever and like like trying to figure out what the split difference is is like whatever but like every time it's low it just smacks the pole smacks the pole smacks the pole or if it's too high it's like right over right over right over. it's very yeah. rarely like recently left that right. it's way left or way right right yeah because like they've been feeling really good even like going back to like, I don't know, I got it inspired by Kevin Jones. Like, I used to jump putt, like, straddle, and then I hit, developed this, like, spin putt that I still use for, like, longer stuff that's more of, like, an upshot type thing. This way, it was, like, I can run this, like, more fully and not be worried about it, like, floating way past it. That's yeah. where that's how it is, like, spin putt, for me at least. Um, so my ability to commit, like, straddle jump putts is, like, I can go all out, and I feel great about it. And it's shown, like, it's right there, but it's, like not just there drop in <laughs> damn it right. like yeah but i feel it like that's it it's like low high it's not like this whole like i'm missing in this whole circle it's right. just vertically yeah yeah and then sidearms are obviously like a, a weird thing yeah for whatever reason my hand just goes like we're just not gonna do this <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i think i would move two pegs of sidearm consistency and release mm -hmm. yeah both like so they would just transfer like upshot drive whatever like just a yeah. consistency of the release if i could just have a free two peg movement on that yeah that would be dope yeah i, I would be in for yeah. that that'd be huge yep for sure so I'd, i had guy i had people over my house on saturday and then uh one dude and he came down here and he was like oh I, I disc golfed a few times with my friends and this and that so then he was like just asking me questions on disc golf and it was interesting trying to like explain to someone who's not like an avid disc golfer like how it goes yeah because he was like well how how do people throw it the farthest like forehand or backhand and mm -hmm. i was like well what do you think and he's like well i don't know i, I think like forehand mm -hmm. you know and i was like no it's backhand for sure 
like definitely the farthest way that you can throw it is backhand. Yeah. And uh, just explain to him like the physics of it and whatever and like all this stuff. It was like pretty cool. Like, you know, like, no, this is that and whatever. And he was like, oh, we should go play. And I was like, yeah, we'll go and check it out. And he's like, well, how far can people throw, can throw discs? And I was like, well, people have thrown them over a thousand feet. Yeah. You know, I'm like, it's a very specific thing though. There's like some tailwind. Yeah. Usually tailwinds like left to right. You yeah. Know, it's a light disc. And, and they did it in like crazy wind. Yeah. Like salt 50 flat. mile an hour winds. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, uh, you know, so there's like thing and trying to explain to him like why, why it, do, like why it does what and whatever it is. It was really interesting. Yeah. But it was cool. I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh, it'd be cool to go with you. You know, like somebody that knows like how this stuff works. And I was like, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Be good, good to go. Take someone that's not like a disc golfer really and be like, yeah, this is how you do this and just see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's sweet. Yeah, and then for you guys at home listening, if you could also, if you have this theoretical pegboard, yeah, would you move one thing two pegs up, and what would that be? Or if you're picking two things to move up one peg, what would those be? Yes. Yeah. And what does that translate from? Like where you're at now, what what is your thought process on what two, like moving it up two notches, would be? Yeah, because that might be part of it because if you're like well i'd like to move my distance up two pegs and i throw 400 right now and then if i moved it up two pegs i'd move i'd throw like 500 and right. I mean, that's not what i'm talking about right right like 25 percent improvement on distance <laughs> is not a two two notch move right yeah like going from like 400 to like 440 might be two pegs right, right. yeah so, that's that seems legit yeah. yeah be be reasonable with it and then well, again, like, what is that? Like, even if it's just full on distance and you're a great putter, great upshot artist and all that stuff. Yeah. But w- you just lack in distance. Um, what is that? Just equal more birdies for you or, or what? Yeah. Yeah. Because my forehand would just equal me the ability to throw the right shot more often. Right. And that would be what I'd want. Yeah. Right. Like, just have the ability to, like, not have to throw the touchy shot and instead just be able to throw, like, a more consistent shot. Yep. Yeah. Which would equate to lower scores because I'm not throwing. Yeah. I'm throwing the easiest shot as often as I possibly can. Yeah. And that notch could also be like a mental game too. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. If that's, For your, sure. if that's your big lack. Yeah. Because that's a big thing. That I think in, well, for sure, years past for me, that would be would have been something like, I'll take all the pegs I can get in that. Yeah. That's what like now, like I feel pretty solid mentally. Yeah. Which was like, decision making. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll move up two notches in decision making because <laughs> what happens is I get yeah. out there and then I'm like, fuck it. And I just rip it. <laughs> Over and over and over again. So if I could just, oh my god, I could just stop doing that. That'd be amazing. <laughs> or what about equipment? If I could move up two notches in equipment, get some solid towels. Yeah, maybe a golden yeah, get retriever. Creative. Yeah, but yeah. But honestly, yeah, let us know. Yeah, and I, I liked the disc question. I thought that, that was a good question. Yeah. So mine would be the mine would be the the Datsuk, and it would be a putting approach. I yeah. think it would be a sweet disc. Yeah. Comfortable forehand, comfortable backhand. Yeah. Reliable, consistent flight. I got a sparkle crystal first run C E G T S S O S. Yeah. Flat top ching flex San Marino. Player San Marino. <laughs> <laughs> 2005 players edition. Three ring, two chain. <laughs> Hands. What else is there? Four point. Four point night shift. <laughs> Chameleon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> everything what else i don't glow it's, uh it'd be the most amazing. zipper top yeah zipper oh puddle top zipper puddle top uh zipper puddle uh, pop top heart, heartbeat <laughs> domey uh, oh my god 
It's so puddle topped. It, yeah. It's a heartbeat. Oh my god. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> you have to turn the disc upside down to pop top yeah. it. Dun 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 dun. Upside down. It'd be yeah. so glorious. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. It's, um, there was a, a dog. My dad's best friend, Scott. Was a dog? Not <laughs> it is man's best friend. I know he is. Scott, who is a human who lives in Wisconsin now still, I think, uh, is and was at one point my dad's like really good buddy. He had a great Dane. His name was Sir the Big Dog Good Dog Ballpin Hammer Griffin. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So I would I would give the ode to Sir the Big Dog Good Dog Ballpin Hammer Griffin, the yeah. name of my disc, in some fashion of every variation of fanciness or cool or whatever in discs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I literally threw the the Buzz GT for that. Yeah, yeah, limited edition glow flag or limited edition sparkle flag. You grabbed a stack of those from that same tournament. I grabbed got the, the stools. Right? Yeah, I grabbed the glow ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. I grabbed like five or six glow. Because <laughs> yeah. I remember thinking, like, what the fuck is he doing? Because I was thinking I could sell them. I was like, well, I could sell these. <laughs> Brand new players, but they basically just no, because at the time yeah. they just come out right. And they were glow and stiff and like they're sweet. They're yeah. sweet plastic. Yeah. I still feel bad when I throw them. Yeah. I'm like, these are awesome. <laughs> um, and their stability is good. They're sweet discs. It's, yeah. I just, they don't fit into what I need. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of what they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I liked the Buzz GT for a long time. I still really like them. Uh, I just, it's, it's too close to the Wasp. Yeah. Yeah. I like the Buzz better. After years of throwing it, but whatever. <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah, this was good. Are we'll you ready to work out? Yeah, I'm ready. I need oh. another pre-workout, though. Oh, we need a real pre-workout. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us. Love you. Bye. Bye, guys.